brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Hi, Christina. Hi, Chelsea. How's it going? Well, first of all, rude. Say hi to Mal. Hi, Mal. I was going <laughs> to do a dramatic... Okay. I was going to do a dramatic build-up thing where we pretend like it's normal and then we have a wonderful big reveal that because it's our lovely 200th episode of this Our Fine podcast, we've brought Mal in again. Well, wait, wait. How, how about we do this? <clears throat> I'll just I'll just cut all that. How about you just just start over? No, don't worry. Don't cut it. Don't worry. I don't trust you. You're not going to cut this. <laughs> I'll, cu- I'll cut it. I'll, I'll cut you're it. Just, winking. Go ahead, just start over. Start you're over. Winking. It's okay. It looks like you're having a seizure, but I know you're trying to wink. <laughs> He's real bad at it. <laughs> I'm really bad at winking. Just just start. don't worry. I'll erase everything. Anyway, I'm good, Christina. I'm currently dogless because Midna's at the vet, so very sad. What is Midna at the vet again for? Oh, she's just getting her spay. Oh, I, that's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, they keep they keep the spay patients overnight for safety, which is like <laughs> makes total sense. But I miss my dog. Yes, understandable. Yeah, a pup. I'm uh, sitting in my house with a box of scrunchies and one cat who is indifferent Where's... to my existence. Where are the other two cats? They're in the living room. Mm. Also being indifferent to my existence, but like together. Stitches is not being indifferent to our existence, and in fact, Stitches is um. How do I how do I put this? Terrifying me? Okay. Uh I walked outside and she fucking leapt and ran like she was caught doing something. Uh and she keeps screaming at me. Why? I don't know. She scream. She has things to say. She has words to say. She wants to scream. She- I don't know if she's screaming cuz she's mad that Minda's not here or happy that Minda's not here. I don't know. You want to know what my favorite part about this bit right now is? Mal's not saying anything? The longer we go without acknowledging Mal is also a guest host here today, <laughs> he he can't say anything because he's going along with his bit that he's going to cut the he's first intro out. The... Yeah. So he's got his... He's... So I'm ignoring him. So he's going to stay quiet until we actually introduce him. Mal. Mal, do you want to introduce yourself? Oh, hey, yeah. Uh, I'm a special guest host for episode 200. It's so great to see you guys again. Hey, I see you every day. <laughs> it's an audio medium and none of us can see anybody. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, uh, I am literally for... sitting in the same room as you right now. You're like the one person I've been able to see in the last year. Yeah. I mean, God, <laughs> if only <laughs> you guys get to see my gremlin self today also, because we are. That's using... true. We, we usually video chat. That's true. But I like I can touch him. All right. That sounded like a threat. It sounded like a threat a little bit. 
to add to this, Chelsea handed me a butter knife like 10 minutes ago, a blade in first. And yeah, it's a butter knife, but there was an inherent threat there. I, what? I just... A level of malevolence that... Uh... Uh, sorry. Can... A level <laughs> Can you of say what? that again? Malevolence. Okay. <laughs> Is that Keep not it... how the word said? I see. Male- <laughs> Is it malevolence? <laughs> it's malevolence, babe. Oh, it's malevolence? It is malevolence, oh. is how you say the word. To be fair, yes, I am also bad at that shit, but that was really funny. <laughs> so, yes, I'm a guest for episode 200. and um, You have a topic for us. I, I have a topic this week, more or less. quite the topic for us well, this first, week. Well, first, welcome everyone to Cults, Cryptids, and um, Chaos. Yeah. Chaos. <laughs> Cold script isn't happy one year of quarantine, everyone. Hey. Yeah. It's the Ides of March. I don't remember exactly what episode was the episode we went to separate because we went pretty quick to separate because we valued each other's lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we wanted each of us not to die. I think what's funny is I think the last episode that we did as a as a threesome. Uh-huh. Was the one where you talked about Merlin? I was just about <laughs> to say. I was just about to say because I actually re-listened to that recently because somebody was mentioning it on the Crypt Chord. Uh, they made a joke that I couldn't remember, so I went back and I listened to the episode, and I laughed along with past us, and then I got yeah. really sad because I haven't been in the same room with you guys in months. Yeah. Spoiler alert: I have more prophecies of Merlin that I was going to bring into the episode. You were, yeah. Okay. What a callback! I'm happy. Not relevant to your topic, but I'm I'm here for it. <laughs> right. <laughs> Welcome everyone to Cold Cryptids and Conspiracies, the podcast where we discuss things of a bizarre, mysterious, stupid, conspiratorial, funny, etc. Nature. If it's weird, we're probably going to mention it at some point. I'm yep. Christina, that's Chelsea, and that's Mal. I'm pointing at them, but you can't it's see them. It's an audio medium. It's an audio medium, and thus, these gestures are meaningless. Well, and before we get into our topic, we have a segment that we like to call the Bummersville Sometimes. It's where we talk about the shit that's happened the last week that uh, is vaguely attributed to cults, cryptids, and conspiracies, or just shit that you're hearing your like, weird aunt or uncle spouting about on the internet that may or may not be true misconceptions urban legends weird stuff so a couple of things right off the bat that we're going to take care of are uh both true but have been going around the internet being like no this can't be true mm-hmm. one of them is that Majory taylor green who's that fucking moron from georgia said that guam was a foreign country Okay, uh, it is not. It's not. In that, here's the thing: is I can understand like a normal human person living in America making that mistake because sure. our public school system is atrocious. However, sure. she is a member of Congress, is she not? She is a member of Congress. Yes, she is in the House of Representatives. So, like, you would hope for better. What's going to bring down your mood even more is that Arizona State Representative Joseph Chaplick. So this is the state, not the federal level. Uh, argued against the effectiveness and necessity of face masks by pointing out that the mask mandates have not been widely used to combat the spread of HIV. Okay. Um, This is just another failure of the American public school system. I feel like that one is less understandable. Yeah. Because sure, maybe you don't know that Guam is a territory of the United States. Nah. But you should know that like HIV is a blood transmitted disease you should know that you should know that just as like an adult human 
Yeah. Okay. All right. So anyway, so there's also there's a claim i think we talked about this when we talked about the bummers when when i did the whole episode on pandemics where people are saying that the johnson and johnson vaccine contains aborted fetal cells it does not okay that that was going around because this was like a year ago when they when we were talking about a possible vaccine that they were already spreading that lie so i don't know why that continues to be a thing and apparently Catholic leaders and evangelicals are cautioning followers against accepting the new vaccine because of its alleged ingredients, which it does not have. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yay. On Moving on from that, though, we have, if you can, in case you haven't heard, there is a new Space Jam movie coming out. Oh, I'm sorry, what? Did you not know that? I did not. I didn't know. Is it coming out soon? I heard, like, whispers on the wind of a Space Jam movie. Oh, yeah, it's coming out, like, this year. There's photos out already oh, of it. Snap. It's going to be on HBO Max. Is oh, that why the whole Lola thing has been going on? Yes. Okay, so there's... So, yes, the bigger thing that was going around the internet is, like, Lola Bunny's boobs are reduced, which it's, like... Good. She was top-heavy in the original movie, rabbits, so, like... Rabbits don't have boobs. Rabbits don't have boobs. But also, there is a whole thing going around that is that is saying that Pepe Le Pew was cut from Space Jam... Because of a New York Times op-ed saying that he's controversial. Okay. So he has been cut from the movie, but apparently the the decision to cut Pepe Le Pew from the movie was he was like in one scene and they were like, yeah, this movie's running too long. Just cut that scene. <laughs> so it, it had nothing to do with the content of the character, even though one could argue that the cartoon of Pepe Le Pew is about a skunk sexually harassing a cat. Yeah, and apparently the scene that was cut was, so LeBron James is now the main character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Ooh. Yeah, apparently the scene that was cut was LeBron James telling Pepe Le Pew to, like, be more consensual. Valid. <laughs> Which, yeah. I'd watch that. Yeah. I guess, like, having that one character in the entire movie just for that one comment, not super necessary. Not super necessary, yeah. Yeah, I can see where they cut it. And, and then... Finally, there is a lot of talk going around the internet right now about Prince Harry and Meghan Markle's interview, which I have not been able to watch because Hulu wants me to pay 60 fucking dollars to watch it. Oh, my God. Because it wants you to get the live TV add-on in order to watch it. I'm going to have to find it somewhere else. Anyway. Apparently, you can watch it on CBS or something. Isn't it? Yeah. It's got to be on some of their service. Yeah, I think I can watch it like on my computer. I was just trying to watch it from the comfort of my couch. Fool. See, there are, there are two thrones in our house of the way we rule this dominion. One is the couch where Chelsea rules. Mm-hmm. One is the office where I rule. Yeah. But if anyone thinks that means we have power in this home, they are sorely mistaken. They are sorely mistaken. There has been a lot of talk about the inherent racism of the monarchy, of which there is a, a lot, lot of racism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my favorite just a juxtaposition is that there is Prince William saying, of course, the royal family isn't racist, right next to a photo of him and his wife being carried by people of color on stupid fucking thrones, which is a real photo mm-hmm. that really happened. I'm not sure exactly where, but... Like where the photo was taken? Where the photo was taken. I see. It was on the Solomon Islands. On their Diamond ju- uh, Jubilee tour. Jesus. Yeah, the entire history of the monarchy is inherently racist. Because like, cause they were saying that like someone apparently in the royal family was concerned about what color Archie would be. 
Yeah. Oh. Which is Harry and Meghan's son. And apparently Archie's not allowed to have a title. No, he will not he, have a title. He also won't have a guard. That's so fucked up. Which is yeah, the, he, when the interview, that was the reason that Megan was saying she wanted the title to begin with is because it comes with sort of like how the president for the rest of their life gets Secret Service protection. Like yeah. if you're a member of the royal family and you have a title, it comes with a level of protection. Yeah. But I also, as a, a filthy colonist American... I do love how many people are like, why do we care about the monarchy again? <laughs> I care only about Harry and Meghan. And Harry, it's funny because there, there was another you know thing going around. People who were defending the monarchy were being like, remember when Harry did this, which is for Halloween, he dressed up as a fucking Nazi like years ago. Yeah. And I do remember that. And I think I was in like fucking middle school. It was so long ago. It's like, yes, people grow and change. And he clearly grew and changed uh, and is now better than his family. <laughs> I think the whole reason fuck. I think the reason for the monarchy I remember I'm gonna say this totally not correctly but there was a quote about it how it's like people look up to the monarchy in the sense that they want to be that version of what Britain was which is outdated completely and unnecessary for the current universe that we live in but the the proper the poshness the respectfulness that a lot of people have specifically in like the 20s to the 60s was, was like that's what a key version of a britain was the way you looked and the way you act and the way you held yourself which again again is just outdated it just mm -hmm. doesn't doesn't matter now yeah. yeah it's it's this whole romanticized version of yeah. royalty which you know you can you can talk forever about you know how is disney like perpetuated this and blah 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 blah. but who cares that is all i have for the bummersville sometimes i oh, I oh. Have something. surprise okay. additional sometimeses so all right from Wayne's Hill, Ohio, the Twitter account for the public police force of Waynesville, Wayne's, Wayne's Hills, Ohio, sorry. This is not going to end well. Made a public announcement to Portsmouth, the city of Portsmouth specifically, please stop throwing beer bottles at the drones. Yes. Oh, they are yep. property of Portsmouth Police Department and they run surveillance on the property for your protection. We repeat, stop knocking down our anti-drug activity drones. I, I think of it as a new sport. Hell yeah. Honestly. Remember, do you remember that, that video of the guy at the Ren With fair? the javelin? Yes. <laughs> do you remember there was a brief time when falconers were teaching their birds to take drones down? There was? Yeah, there was Why a time. Why are they still not doing that? But there probably <laughs> are some people who are, but there was a time when they were talking about, like, Amazon was like, we're going to deliver packages by drone now, and everybody and their grandma had a drone and was using it to fly around. There was a string of news reports about falconers who were just like, my bird, go! And the bird would fly Amazing. up and just take the drone down. Amazing. That's awesome. I'd love to watch that. You could probably look a lot of them up. We would just look up, like falcons and drones together i bet i bet there's like a video from the drones perspective which is the more terrifying version yeah <laughs> actually the video that you can find of the ren fair is from the drones perspective it's and it's very so great because apparently like the guy was very apologetic for like ruining this guy's drone but then like the guy was like stunned that he was able to throw a javelin and get it down so there was an their dragon hunts in the years following. Yeah, subsequent where, years they made that a game. It was yeah. trying to take down the drone. Aww. So if we take down police drones in our neighborhood, if they ever come to our neighborhood, that's just us practicing for the Ren Fair when it comes back. 
What is it? That's um, that's like the Fourth Amendment or some shit. Um, I don't know. Anyway, the, well, technically speaking, you do own the air rights above your house up until a certain point. So if a yeah. police drone does fly close above your own house, that is technically trespassing. They need a warrant. Yeah. That fucking drone needs a warrant. I mean, like anything that they see in the open and what's considered of like reasonably not private, it, you can't say nothing about. But drone can't be on your property. You can tell them, get that drone out of my air because you own yeah. the air above your house. You are in my airspace now. This is my um, airspace. I am seeing online that that article and that that Twitter post might be faked. I don't care. It's fucking funny. <laughs> don't spy on me. Even if it is fake, if you have police that are deciding to use drones in your area, just fucking javelin them down, dude. And that's the uh, whole point of today's podcast. Thank you for coming by. <laughs> and that's it. Thank you for episode 200. Uh, we'll see you next week. No, but if everybody's done with the, the sometimeses. I am. Then we'll have, before Mal's topic, a brief word from our sponsors. Hey, friends. We're still in a pandemic. We are. We thought it would be over by now, but God, it's not. It is not. And it's probably not going to be over anytime soon. And you know what that means. It means you need a new mask. Yeah, you do. You need several new masks because, you know, maybe the old ones are getting, you know, they've gone through the wash one too many times. You've, you may have lost them. You may have misplaced them. Maybe you lent them out to your friend and then you just never saw them again. If you need a new mask, you should go to chainstitchcreative.bigcartel.com and you should get yourself a cute new mask. Yeah, you can get several cute masks. You can also get just a plain black mask if that's what you need to wear to work if you're being forced to go back to work. They're comfy, they're stylish, they're machine washable, they come in a variety of colors and patterns, and they're lovingly handmade by our friend Kristen. Yeah, and in fact, as of right now, there are still some of the fabric for Cult Cryptids Conspiracies that you can have made into a mask on the website. Ooh. You should definitely go and get some of our merch masks, but also just get some nice ones for yourself. And to help, Kristen has given us a promo code so that you can get 20% off your purchase. That promo code is C19podcast. That's the letter C, the number's 19-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. That promo code is good until the pandemic ends. God, who knows when that will be. So, yeah, you got plenty of time. Go to chainstitchcreative.pigcartel.com and get yourself a new mask. Yeah, or several. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com.
Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Hi there, my name's Mal. Welcome back from the break. I hope you had wonderful commercials to listen to about <laughs> Antacid or maybe about getting that new sports car. Apparently, there there is a, an ad running for SoulCycle. Unfortunately, we don't have control over that. Someone was we getting literally... ads for Legos, which was fun. That's delightful. Yeah. Today's topic is brought by me, almost in a more literal sense. <laughs> in a pretty literal sense, yeah. This week, I'm going to talk a lot about um, specifically some of my upbringing and a lot of the background noise I, I grew up with, specifically in the sense of religion. So that's what's going to be, uh, I guess, content warning about religion this week. So a little bit of a context in case you, in case someone's listening to this, that this is their first episode or in case they don't know. We've talked a lot in this podcast about how you, Mal, grew up in a cult. Um, I think a better way to put it would be a fundamentalist religion. A cult. Or as close as possible. I get it. I get that it's technically, like, a part of Christianity. But yeah, so is Jehovah's Witness. Yeah. Hey, they'll clean your garage for free. <laughs> Jesus. Before I get into things, I just want to say, hey, we really want to thank you for listening to the podcast and for having a good time with us. We know sometimes we have specific topics that are, like, off the beaten path, especially from cults, cryptids, and conspiracies, but we're here to have fun, and, and we like doing what we do. Yeah. Especially because we got to episode 200. That's, like, amazing. I'm we're so happy. Here. We Did you think that we would ever have 200 episodes of a podcast, Chelsea? You know, I wasn't sure if one of us would kill the other one first, and to be fair, in that sense, I'm being nice to myself because you <laughs> could kill me. <laughs> And hey, listen, the jury's still out. We still have so many more p possible future episodes to kill each other. It's true. Yeah. yeah. It's true. And hopefully in person. Yeah, that would be great. Hopefully someday in person. I uh, want to throw a challenge out there that Mabim Bam, we're coming for you. We're coming for you, Mabim Bam. <laughs> They're so far ahead of us as far as they numbers of, of episodes. A great, fucking great podcast, though. In all seriousness, no, we, we want to thank you for listening, and, and we like having a good time. This week is going to be a lot of just more conversation. I'm going to be talking about a lot of stuff. Uh, there's going to be a lot of knowledge behind it, but also Chelsea and I are going to be talking a lot about, like I said, a lot of the stuff that I kind of grew up with personally. So in, in essence, it's kind of like a guest episode versus like a like here's the story or yeah. here's the topic. But um, like I said, Chelsea's going to be helping a lot because I have really bad memory. I have like My memory is like Swiss cheese. Also, like that being said, there's going to be a lot of... Uh stories because mal is real good at telling stories and everyone always like requests mal tell specific stories i hate when you say that i hate when you say why that. the pressure's on now oh, okay i'm sorry i don't mean you to... put the you've you've pressurized him i didn't you mean put the to screws do that to me. <laughs> anyway but yes i'd love to tell some stories um some of them will be short some of them won't be so i'd love to let everyone know about that but hi my name is mal i grew up in fresno california and uh, I went to a Pentecostal uh, private Christian school for 10 years of my life. Where I'm from is very red. And uh, we're talking about the United States. So uh, Devin Nunez red. 
Uh, if you don't know, uh, the Central Valley of California is very red, but it's also very agriculture-based. So a lot of the Central Valley is about how we feed a lot of the United States. When you grow up in the Central Valley, more than likely, you're going to be a farmer. It's just what happens. Or you're going to love cows. It's just, it's just what happens. Actually, uh, almonding has become a big thing in the last 15 years. Like growing and, almonds? Great uh, growing almonds. And we haven't done an episode on bees, but you know what? We, just, we should do one on bees because... What do we do about bees? People just, steal bees. People There's, steal bees? There are there's bee theft. You guys didn't know this? What? I, I listen. Ostensibly, I can under I can see it in my head how and why someone would steal some bees, but I just never occurred to me that that was something that you could steal because of the inherent danger of bees. Yeah. Bees. 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 So, like specifically, that's not the topic for today. But the way it works is that people can steal bees. And the boxes that bees are in are sometimes marked depending on what bee company owns the bees. But you can transfer bees from box to box if you know how to do it. Mm -hmm. So literally, there are teams of people that will then go search, not who work for the company, but other teams of, of people who will go search for stolen bees with like almost zero luck. Because fucked up. Bee because how, investigators. Bee private investigators. Because how are you going to find, it's not like the bees have name tags. Well, you here's... Know? Here's the thing that would be great. And again, this is impossible because of the nature of bees and exactly how many there are. And the fact that sometimes swarms will like spread and move and differentiate. And they also reproduce very quickly and have short lifespans. There's a dude who's famous, I think, in Ireland or Scotland. One of those those highland places for dyeing his sheep various pastel colors so that oh. you can tell so the difference. But like... Him and neighboring sheep farms won't get their sheep mixed up because his sheep are pink and, and blue and yellow and stuff. Oh, oh. okay. So um, he knows what sheep are his. It's like, yeah, that sheep's mine. That purple one is mine. And I know this for a fact. Um, the other thing, I guess I'm going to do a bee episode in the future. I guess this is what just happened now. There's also um, something known as the red bee or the red hornet, which mm -hmm. is a bee that, that, inf that infests colonies of bees, finds the queen, like, I don't know if it fucks it or kills it or both at the same time, but basically makes it so that way there's new egg larva of this new species of bee, which is the red bee. It's like and the cuck it's like the cuckoo of bees. Yeah. Yeah. Stitches. Stitches Stitches really wants to be on the podcast. She yeah, she keeps crawling into my lap. She wants she your love. love. I love her too, but oh my god. I grew up with uh I did not have a dad. I grew up just to be quite frank in an abusive household. I had a mother and uh life sucked and i don't necessarily feel the need to go deeply into that too much but Fair. my mother was seventh day adventist which we've lightly talked about yeah that's a, that's a whole topic that's I a whole i don't whole, think we've uh, lightly talked about them i think that they keep because every single freaking doomsday cult that we mention is like and then the seventh day adventists yeah yes and then i had close-ish with me in relative distance and i guess love because yeah was uh my grandfather and also my grandmother my grandmother was a jehovah's witness so we were just talking about them yep my favorite point of conversation with her to bring up was so only forty thousand people can go to heaven right and she said yeah and i'd be like what makes you think you're one of them honestly though that's been I, i've been wondering that my whole life about jehovah about jehovah's witnesses because i'm like 
and I think it's Mormons too, are like, okay, if only this amount of people are going to be going to heaven, why why are you one of them? I feel like do it. I feel more like Mormons more people go i feel like the mormons don't necessarily have a number limit i may be entirely wrong i think that they're just limited to the, the specific type of people who go okay but jehovah's witnesses maybe they're just super underselling how many of them there are <laughs> just, just like, that way you there's it's a, only, it's a private club yeah there's only like actually like a thousand of us you're good <laughs> and then my grandfather uh was roman catholic so i grew up in an extremely religious and red home Imagine Roman Catholic being the least culty of all the religions in your house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So from there, I went to a private school all the way from kindergarten up till duh, my junior year of high school. You got there eventually, and that's all that matters. I forgot how I forgot yep. how words work. That's and okay. For a long time, that was my entire life. And so there are many instances in life that pretty much almost every week where it's like, huh. Blah 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 blah, and someone's like, "Mal, that's not that's not how that Mal, that's not how that works." And I'm like, "What do you mean, huh?" Like I, the occasion until Chelsea, and I think I've said on the podcast that I was uh, educated that black people can't own property. Yeah, mm-hmm. to that this was day. a thing that you were taught. Yep. Yeah, and so it's and I quickly unlearned that one, but you know, it's one of those things where every once in a while I'm just like, "Oh, that's new." Oh, that's that different. is new. So I def I want to talk a lot about that kind of environment that i was in specifically Mm -hmm. in the religious section because uh, a lot of people find it very interesting and unique to to learn about it uh like i said i went to a pentecostal school or branch of christianity uh, known as the people's church and before anyone panics not that people's church yeah it was real hard to find information on this fucking church because when you google it jonestown Jonestown comes comes up. up yeah and that's the thing with a lot of similar things because there's certain names that like to be bandied about more like fundamentalist religious circles. Like every other cult is called the family. Yeah. 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 I'm surprised that didn't come up. I'm surprised the family did come up when we were searching Mal's past, essentially. Yeah, my past is a doozy. But to give everyone a light note about this, I was uh, adopted at the age of 15. I, I found my actually fine family at the age of 15. I didn't necessarily ran away from home. But I became, like, non-existent. I, like, stopped coming home for a long time until the day I turned 18. And I was like, I'm going to pick up my stuff and go. And my family were like, you'll never leave and you'll come back. And then I literally never saw them again. Yeah. There was a Chelsea. Chelsea went on Facebook and found my birth mother. I did. No, because we thought she might be dead. She mentioned this in the Facebook group chat. Yeah. Chelsea was regaling uh, the Facebook group chat we have with with some information she was just like the silver lining is i do get to see stitches siblings yeah that was it that was all that was literally all i wanted because she because uh the egg donor has one of stitches siblings and i just wanted to see photos of him yes so there was apparently a post a couple years ago where my birth mother was like have you seen my son yeah because i was that i was that missing Mm-hmm. I, and I've been that missing in my life. My my birth family has no idea where I've gone, has no idea that I've moved towns, even that I've gotten careers that I'm married. And it fuck, I wanted to say that way. So uh, don't spread the beans, everyone listening. <laughs> don't don't, <laughs> don't fuck it up. Spread the beans. <laughs> A small side note: my birth mother owns Stitches' brother, 
because Stitches yeah. is my cat, and Stitches is 16 pounds, and she's big, but she's the runt of the litter. And Mal has been telling me this the entire time we've been together, like, Stitches is the runt of the litter. I'm like, okay, well, but she caught up with her siblings, right? No! No, I fucking saw photos! They're huge! Yeah, we're talking like 20 to 25 pound cats. I feel that. That's how big Oreo was. <laughs> yeah, Oreo was pretty big. Oreo was a big boy. Big kitty! So, like I so, said, yeah, I basically stopped being a part of my family at the age of 15, and I was adopted, and I actually went through an official like legal adult uh, adoption at the age of 25 with my actual family. And that was one hell of a weird day. I was in line <laughs> with like three other small, small, small kids yep. who could barely form sentences. Because you have to go to like down to the courthouse for that, right? Uh-huh. And they do we them went all to the courthouse. Like, they do them all like in one batch. Yep. So adoption days are a specific day of the month. And apparently I learned that court office registers will bid for that day because it's just a joyous day. Yeah. Everyone's high-fiving yeah. and hugging and smiling versus the days where it's like crackheads fighting over a pillow right. or something. Ooh. I don't know. But yeah, people were like, oh, where's the child you're adopting? And I was like, I'm the adoption. <laughs> I'm, I'm baby. I'm baby. Ten years of christian upbringing well more than that 15 years of christian upbringing but 10 years in a private school i i guess it doesn't matter if i say what the school's name is no go ahead it's not like i'm telling everyone to bomb this place please do not enact violence on my behalf at any time in my life unless i'm involved Jesus Christ. This, this place is known as fresno christian it's a school that is in Fresno, California, that at maximum normally has 200 students between freshman and senior year. It's a very small private school. That I was about and to say throughout like f- the the full like, yeah. like four grades. Yeah. Dang. Okay. He was the only brown kid. I am the only partially brown child that ever was at that school during that whole time I was there from first grade. Wait, no. There was one other girl. She cried. She was Asian. She cried a lot. Because she was saying how her dad would punish her if she didn't get A's. Oh, God. Oof. Okay. Moving on. Yeah. Not, I don't know how any of those kids are not, are not fucked up. Like they I are. Am. No, they, are, they are fucked they up. They are, though, is the thing, Mal. I don't know if but you they, understand. But they have the love of God, so they don't, they don't think about it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, we'll get into that, too. There's, you have so many stories. I have, I have things... The, the point is that Pentecostal worship is a sect of Christianity that has specific different focuses on the way that the Bible is interpreted. Interpreted? Interpreted. interpreted. I got there. You got there. It's cool. Eventually. Yeah. Eventually. When it comes to Christianity and like Catholicism, and I know we had Katie on talking about that, mile into the episode number here. That would be episode 13. <laughs> <laughs> You've done it to yourself. Fool. You've activated our trap card, Mal. <laughs> I didn't ask for this. I'm the guest. I shouldn't have to do this shit. But certain different sects of, of religion have different focuses. Pentecostal worship focuses on specifically the Holy Spirit. It focuses on the an action, the action of accepting the Holy Spirit and Jesus into your life and how ratifying, how freeing that is for your soul and also for your life. When you meet those kinds of people in the wild, <laughs> the wild... Who are like, oh, are, are you a Christian? No, I'm not. Oh, well, why aren't you? It's like, I know where this conversation is about to go. Because that was my life. That then, was a lot of people who go out there to recruit, air quote, mm-hmm. you into loving Jesus. Not becoming a Christian. Loving Jesus. Because that's what it's about. 
and it's more than that but I, I, you were gonna say something christina i think uh i was just gonna say i've had that experience uh growing up in the south where oh, yeah. other other kids in my class asked me if i followed jesus and i was like who <laughs> <laughs> amazing sorry who who is Jesus? I don't. I uh, don't know. Don't know him. I don't know. Good kid. You have gum to share. <laughs> I uh, was kind of lightly looking this up with you to try and help you out when we got to here to like help you jog your memory. There was a lot talked about speaking in tongues. Yes. You were saying that that's not that wasn't an aspect, which actually surprised me because a lot of the stories that you tell, you don't tell stories about people speaking in tongues, but you tell stories where it would seem like that would be the logical conclusion of of how people would have acted at this school and at your church so when it comes to pentecostal worship a big point about it is to be active energetic and a part of it Mm -hmm. one thing that was really big for us was choir and chapel we went to chapel i think like two to three times every week in the morning at like six to eight a.m jesus christ if i'm remembering correctly i mean that makes sense that kind of stopped more so once we got into like high school and it became where it was optional. And boy, did I not go. <laughs> but it was a lot of worship is seen as something that is spontaneous and connects your heart to God and mm-hmm. connects your heart to the Holy Spirit. Because if the Holy Spirit is within you, then you have what Chelsea was uh, explaining is that Pentecostal worship really has a big focus on the speaking in tongues. And every article I read about it has that too. That wasn't something that ever happened in my presence at school. Okay. Specifically, when people say speaking in tongues, it means somebody spontaneously speaking a different language that they had no knowledge of or any training in out of nowhere for normally a couple of days and not being able to speak their own language during that time frame. I never saw that. But I can definitely say that the spontaneity of of singing, mm-hmm. of just random singing of specific verses or songs related to Christianity, my God, it was annoying. Interesting. So instead of speaking in tongues, they would sing. They would sing. Essentially. And now, to be specific, I again went to a school that was a that's governed, that's uh, related to 11 churches in the more Central Valley area, which is People's Church, which is the group of them. I'm not going to say that I specifically went to a, Chelsea says it all the time, but I'm not going to say I specifically went to a cult because there are a lot of things that are way more culty in the universe that the boxes are not checked. At the, at the same time, though, it is the most aligned to a fundamentalist kind of institution that, that one could get, I guess, safely. Okay. Because uh, I, I, I can make jokes that like, I got out or I'm good or I'm blah, 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 I'm saved. But for those people that are in that kind of experience, it's not about being saved. It's about the fact that that is their existence. Right. And without that existence, they have nothing. There are people I have followed up on who I used to go to high school with who I can tell if they did not love Jesus, they wouldn't have a life. They wouldn't have meaning or purpose because Pentecostalism. You got this. You got this. Pentecostalism is about accepting the spirit of Christ and in the Holy Spirit and your soul completely. It's surrendering yourself to this mindset and perspective of religion. It's about literal translations of the Bible. It's about feeling and knowing in your heart that because you love Jesus so much, you can enact miracles too. That you can heal cancer, cure the sick, 
change people's minds. It's like when, again, back to what I was saying earlier, when someone says, oh, why don't you love Jesus? Let me tell you about him. They're not telling you because they want you to learn. They're telling you because them telling you is them thinking they're transitioning you as we speak. Mm -hmm. They think that they have the power to change your heart and that exact second. They're talking at you, not with you. Um, And they're definitely, there is something to be said to the virtues of organized religion and to various sects of Christianity. There's a lot of virtue to be said to faith and to like belief systems that benefit people. But there is something that becomes worrisome when you're talking about a level of kind of like delusion, I guess, where yeah, it's it's it basically when you get into stuff like faith healing and you get into stuff like yeah. uh, the the more like myth mystical like I can I can influence your mind with my faith powers. Yeah, I, I believe so much yeah. that. It's it's a redundant thing, and I don't remember I don't remember what the term is, Christine. You've talked about it a few times on the podcast. But when you believe in it's a self fulfilling prophecy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is is how no matter what you will not be dissuaded from this mindset, and it's so so like give some examples. It's like uh, not allowed to wear jewelry, not allowed to have earrings, not allowed to have makeup, not allowed to have uh, at least we weren't allowed to have facial hair. But I know that might have just been because I was at school. But like even the teachers were not allowed to have facial hair, so I don't okay. know if that was, I was a gonna specific say that's, thing. That could be a common thing for private schools, but if the teachers weren't even allowed to, that does seem kind of like yeah. More that, of a religious so thing. I can't. I'm not gonna. It could have just been some asshole kid who said, "If I can't grow a beard, why can't he?" Where <laughs> I, I can't. I don't know. But we. I was not allowed to take medication. I was not allowed mm. to seek help from any. Anyone who was an accredited doctor, I was not allowed to see nurses. Mm. Uh, we had a nurse on campus. I remember she was not allowed to give us Tylenol or anything of that. It was like, so just, what did she do? Just you, pray over you? Actually, the nurse I uh, I think was like <clears throat> the least religious person I knew in the on the campus. They would just like okay. just sit on the bed. If we were bleeding, they'd actually like wound us. <clears throat> not wound us. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, opposite, there was something <laughs> something like like wrap our wounds. I'm sorry, I just had a big cough. They would bandage you. They would bandage me. They would inflict mortal injury to end my suffering. But <laughs> they would bleed me to get all the bad humor out. No, yeah. no. Um, we weren't allowed to listen to music that had words, which uh, there's a specific phrase for that. I don't remember what it is. But, Even if uh, it was, was like religious music. Oh, uh, we were not allowed to listen to Skillet. Okay. That's a band. That's a Christian band. All right. I was like, that means nothing to me, Mal. Yeah, that means nothing to us. <laughs> but I knew about it because the cool kids in school were listening to Skillet, the oh. Christian rock band. Oh, the, the Christian bad boys. The Christian ba- Anyway. They're loving Jesus on the down low. Anyway. Jesus. Yeah? <laughs> I didn't mean to do that. The thing is that what's funny is you bring that up. I instinctively say that. Let's say Jesus, and, and many people do who live in the United States or, or who are just influenced by Christian society. When I, I, I don't believe in Jesus, I, I'm not a Christian. I was not a Christian ever. And I, I had yeah. to my whole life hide being what I am in this school because <clears throat> to get more deeper to it, if it was known that I was not a Christian, then you were ridiculed and put down and made fun of by teachers, by people that were supposed to be protecting us and helping us and helping us grow and learn. Yeah, it became where you were the outcast completely. Not not specifically because you're like, oh, I'm a loner kid. It was just like, 
you don't get called upon, you don't get good grades, you don't get remembered. It, you know, like when you take attendance, my name was passed over all the time. You just get because it ostracized. didn't matter if I wasn't there. Yeah. And in the in that instance, when you say that it's not like a cult, I would point out instances like that because yeah. that is a cult tactic where it's yes. it's used to punish people for essentially thinking in a way separate from the party line. You're 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 right. And not only that, but that is a form of that is a form of child abuse. It is a form to, of psychological abuse. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to just state before I continue the rest of the episode that the reason I'm not saying it's not a call is because I don't want someone to message me on Twitter or the school even and say, you did this to somebody. I don't want someone to champion for my cause because you know what? It's over. It's, it's, it's been over 10 years. Mm-hmm. I don't need somebody to fight for me because there's no fight to have anymore. So I'm only saying it's a cult because I don't want a, a group of people to be all like, don't worry, we'll rectify the situation. Don't, don't, <laughs> please don't do that. No, uh, I, I don't think there is, uh, besides me, I don't think there is, uh, someone that's going to do that. Again, Christina can kill a man. Probably. Not, not probably. I will neither confirm nor deny. God, your abilities. Was Who was I talking to where I, I was saying... Because I, I was talking about something that was illegal, uh, and I can't remember who <laughs> I was talking do. to, and somebody's like, don't mention that, we're in the voice chat, and I'm like, you think the NSA agent who is listening to this right now is going to get me for that and not for all the other crap that I've said throughout oh my, my life that I've recorded and published saying? We're not allowed on uh, Amazon. <laughs> Alexa can't publish our podcast because of the things that we've said about Jeff Bezos. Yep. I'm coming for you, Jeff Bezos. <laughs> They're going to marry you and then divorce you. Watch out. <laughs> Watch out. Yeah, it just, it, it was a very different upbringing. And yeah, there was ostracization. Um, I wasn't allowed to buy food. I wasn't about to lo- allowed to buy lunch. Um, just going to totally admit to the crimes that I had. I had to steal lunch to be able to eat. Okay. I, I, this is not like a Les Mis situation where it's like, <laughs> it's like Javert is going to pop out and yell at you for stealing bread. This is... Like, we're on the bread thief side when it comes to children starving in school. I'm aware. Yeah. I'm, I'm aware. It just, yeah. and thankfully, and the thing is, that's already a public school thing where it's like there is not enough support for kids in school, period, but also when it comes to like school lunches and stuff like that. But like, boy, you have no idea how delicious white soccer moms make sandwiches for their richest fuck white kids who love God. <laughs> they fucking cut the crust, they have extra layers of meat. These kids had delicious sandwiches, and I ate them all. <laughs> fucking steal these fucks' lunches, and they wouldn't even know, and I'd just be eating it. Up until what? the up Good. into the uh, who love God thing, I was like, "That's my mother you're talking about, sir." <laughs> and the egg salad sandwiches that she would make me. That sounds awesome. Yes, except oh, I wasn't uh, a wimp who hated crust. Right. Good. We uh, Weaklings. what was it? What was it, babe? We we made. 12 18 6 a lot of fucking egg salad sandwiches we made i made a lot of egg salad and Matt i ate nothing egg but salad. egg salad for three days straight kind of yeah it was so good talk about being encrypted anyway but um so here's a fun story so from freshman to sophomore year there was a lunch truck that came to the school that would provide lunch for kids and it was expensive and it's expensive because private schools are funded solely by the donations or expected tuition fees of children's parents. As an example, if it wasn't for that tuition, the 
track team, the wrestling team, the baseball team. I got a story for that one later where my ass got grabbed. Wouldn't be funded. And so because of that, a lot of things were more really expensive. As an example, my birth mother never paid tuition, never paid for my schooling. I think some form of money had to change hands for me to be accepted into the school year after year. But I know that there was multiple, multiple letters weekly asking for more donations from her that were never responded to. And there'd be many times I'd be asked by teachers, hey, when are we going to get that? Me, a kid who knows jack shit about money and why I need to pay you so I can go to your crappy school. And also God doesn't love me and you don't love me. So why? Anyway, so there was a lunch truck that would always give us lunch and I never had money. Because I was definitely not as white as everyone else in school. I'm just going to be honest. There is a, a racial inequality there that is just so present that I don't think anyone's surprised. The lunch truck owner was um, Indian. I, oh, I think he was actually Armenian. He was, he was Eastern European. Okay. And um, swag guy. Wonderful. He knew that I didn't get lunch. And so he started giving me lunch. But he had to get a tally system of how much money... It costs to give me lunch. And I would sometimes be, I would sometimes find money. I say find in the loosest possible term. That's okay. You don't have I to incriminate yourself. acquire money. I would acquire or locate money and pay him because I felt bad. I felt bad because of the fact that I couldn't afford to eat and that I was effectively stealing from this man. No, he was giving and it to you, my dude. Yeah. I learned that I cost him $500. Holy shit. Over two years. That's not that bad, babe. He got fired because of that. Oh, okay. He got fired because he could not make, an, uh, on a weekly basis, how much money he needed. And there was a certain point where he had to stop giving me food because of it, but he got fired. That's it, fucked up. I feel really bad. If I knew who that man is or where he was, I would, I would give him that money immediately. But I know that's not the point. And I know that's yeah. not necessarily going to fix anything. But... I'm not trying to say these stories so people are like sad or like boohoo or anything like that. It just like it, it's a different environment that a lot of people don't understand when they are growing up in a religious upbringing. It's either you love Jesus or you're nothing. It's either you accept the Holy Spirit in your heart or you're nothing. And being nothing was my existence for a long time. But in the same breath, when you're talking about this particular instance with the food truck, there is a level of hypocrisy here because you mentioned that like a large part of the tenets of the belief are like literal interpretations of the Bible. Yes. But the Bible makes a lot of noise about eschewing wealth and actively giving money away. And so at the same time, like it doesn't make any sense that uh, uh, obviously a school requires money to run. That part makes sense. But the fact that they'd be like, we're not going to give you food. Yeah. yeah. We're not going to give you starving child food because uh, we want you to pay us so that we can keep teaching you. But shouldn't it just be give out of the goodness of your heart and then we will give back because that's what, Jesus, that's what JC would do? The big one in the sky. That's yeah. like such a huge point of hypocrisy in the modern christian union uh movement though like yeah. it's such a huge problem because it is like oh you know we're we're saying we're we're christ-like but at the same time fuck the poor fuck socialism which jesus was a socialist like it, i got mine so you know you don't need it's 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 weird it's very weird and to be clear if you are a Christian listening to this podcast, good on you. I'm not telling you not to. 
And if you get something from the level of religion and Christianity that really is good for your heart, great. Be a good person. Give unto yeah. others as if you want to be given to you. Love your neighbor. Follow the tenets that were brought down by Moses. Down the from Ten the Commandments ma- were the brought ten- down by Moses. Yes. Thank you. I I read the Bible like 20 times, but God, do I want to forget. And, it, it, you know, be that person. But I'm not talking about that. And I'm not talking about you, just to be clear. I'm just, talking about what happened to me. Yeah, I, I was just pointing out specifically in this level of hypocrisy. Yeah. yeah. Which is, the, and, which is the, the real, like, Nick that I am pitting. Pit, yeah i can't talk niche that i am picking here is uh yeah is is the lip service that is that is paid towards these values that you are being told you need to embody or else your life becomes worthless but the yes. the, the framework that you are being forced into does not bother with them yeah and yeah, and in a specific instance, yeah, and there was definitely more hypocrisy of that. There was uh, very few other kids like me who, like, uh, I know someone who, this girl trans uh, transitioned, this girl, like, transferred, that's what I'm looking for, transferred to the school from, from private school. And she wore, like, jewelry and had, like, shirts that had bands on it and stuff like that. And she was immediately outcast. And it was just one of those things where she wasn't even asked to be a part of anything. Mm-hmm. Because it was already the assumption that she was not going to love Jesus. It, it never was an option for her to be a part of this world. She was just immediately, same things. Never got talked to. Didn't get good grades. Uh, her and I both got Fs. Like, all of these things that you're excluded from. Because of the fact that you don't submit. I remember being asked multiple times, year after year after year, you accepted God in your heart, right? And sometimes I'd say yes, and sometimes I'd say no, because of the fact that, like, I'm a kid. And that's a really intense question to ask somebody about. That's a really intense question to ask a kid. Because yeah. it's not that they weren't asking if I love Jesus. They asked if I was going to be cool with this. If they were asking if I was going to submit. And, and, and I didn't. And they knew that. And so because of that, year after year, I'd be overlooked. I got overlooked for overseas programs. I got overlooked for different extracurricular activities. I could never do them. I couldn't do track. I couldn't do sports. I couldn't do art. I couldn't do band. I couldn't do any of that kind of stuff because I was not considered for those kinds of outlets. My entire upbringing educationally was a deficit so much. Uh, Anyway, no. Yeah, Uh, it's just it's just insane to like hear like it wasn't like when we started dating, you were like, hey, by the way, my name is Malachi and I was in a cult. This is like something these are things that you that we first of all you never said you were in a cult it was like you would tell me stories and i'd be like hey babe this uh marks a lot of boxes on the cult sheet and one and uh one of the things that i want to talk about is the story that you said you were gonna talk which is when you were at that camp and you got hurt yes and that fucking just yeah so i might have heard this story at some point i think I don't remember if I've said it, but I'll say it for the podcast. Yeah, anyway. yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell the listener. In junior high and freshman sophomore year, there's a camp we went to. I can't remember the name of it, actually. I, it may have been called Camp Hope, but I don't think so. It was very much focused like a Christian camp. Mm-hmm. And I know Camp Hope is like a, a structural system that's like all across California. So I don't think it was them, but I can't remember the name. Anyway, it was like near Yosemite, I think. And there was a yearly thing to go for like a week or two. During school, not the summer, during school. And the whole reason that we would go is because we would go and, and be in nature and all that, which was, which was fine. 
uh, there was archery there, which was actually kind of nice. nice that's the fun. only positive thing I have to say. Archery. Oh, the place was infested with spiders. Oh, God. We were, they, I know this is, might be normal for camps, but they took our medication. That yeah. is normal. They wouldn't give it to us. Right. Oh, okay. That's not. Yeah. We were not allowed to take any medication that was prescribed to us. Yeah. Okay. And there was, a, there was specific foods we had to eat, which is obvious, I guess, because again, it was a camp. But the point was from in the morning, we had prayer. We had chapel. In the afternoon, we were kids that could run around on the grass, which there was nothing to do. And so they gave us Bibles. But what am I going to do with this? Burn it? Release them. Then, Release the youths. And then at night, when the sun would set, we would, we would, or before the sun would set, we'd start to have like activities. And these will be ones like trust falls, um, that thing with the rainbow sheet, uh, kick ball or something. Uh, there was a scavenger hunt. Uh, there was a race or something. And then after that, there would be singing and praise at, at a bonfire. And the point of the singing and praise was to sing as loud as possible. The point was to scream as loud as possible for God. Because that way God can hear you. This reminds me a lot of that church in South Korea. Yeah. I was literally just thinking that this was very familiar. And it was also the idea of having to, yeah, having to vocalize your, your belief, having to be loud as a way of like blocking out thoughts almost like you're letting your whole body just become this noise. So there was a, I don't remember if it was a race or a scavenger hunt. I, I can't remember. Did I tell you, babe? I can't remember what the event was. I I thought it was like a scavenger hunt because it was, it was at like night. Sca- it was at night. At night, we were part of small teams with someone because people's parents that were parents of kids were there as like chaperones. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like random strangers were our chaperones. But we were put into groups. I was included in a group, but I was quickly forgotten. And I was quickly left behind. And I... Got lost in the woods. I was lost for, I think, like two to three hours. And I was running in the woods the whole time. About how old were you at this point again, do you two? Like 12 to 14. Okay. And I I remember thinking, like, at least for the first half, that I'm on the scavenger hunt doing something. And for the other half, I was terrified. Because I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know where I was. Because I'm I'm a kid lost in the woods. Before anyone panics, the woods were completely surrounded by like mobile home parks and actual like houses of people that live out there so like i wasn't necessarily in danger but i didn't know that obviously before anyone panics mal survived yeah i mean (laughs) i i kind of feel like that that doesn't make it better because like who's who's living there i don't know yeah anyway as i was running through the woods i collided into I don't, it was, I think it was a fence or it was a tree or a combination of both fence of tree. this object because it, it was the middle of the night and, and I couldn't see. I have a f- specific type of night blindness where I can't tell contrast in the dark. Yeah. So I couldn't see the whole entire time. Once the, once the stars were in the sky, I had no idea what was going on. And I crashed into some kind of like knee level object that had nails in it that embedded into my right knee. And I was fucked up all on my right knee. I ran from there after being injured and crying to the nearest section of habitation I could find, which was like a mobile home park. And I was asking people, it's like, I need help. I don't know where I am. I don't know what I'm doing. And they were like, oh, you're from the camp. And I was like, yes, I am. They were like, oh, it's that way. And I was like, oh, okay. Cool. cool. I'm 12 and I'm bleeding. <laughs> yeah. Yes. 
And I had to run back. And I, I ran back all the way to the camp. I apparently missed the entire scavenger hunt. But no one was looking for me. And I was apparently late to the screaming for God part. Mm-hmm. And I had to go to that still bleeding with my wound never attended to. And we screamed for God until like midnight. It's, yeah. On the last day, it was we had to do a ceremonial baptism where we had to go up towards the fire and like spread our arms out like T-pose for dominance. Mm-hmm. Yes. And say how much we loved God. I was the only kid that refused. That was something that I noticed when I was looking up this sect of Christianity that like scream, like screaming your love of God uh, and baptism especially was baptism like baptism is a huge fucking thing. Yeah, was like a huge fucking deal, or is like a huge fucking deal in this sect of Christianity, which right. is very weird. And it's not specifically the water baptism; it's about the metaphorical acceptance of the Holy Spirit in your heart. And so the way that the school did it was that you had to make a reaffirmation often and as public as possible about that. Okay. And if you didn't, then you were shunned. So again, at this camp, I refused. And again, I had already been the kid that refused for years and years and years anyway, so it's not like anyone was surprised. But constant reshaming of not accepting Jesus. Yeah. Right. Do you guys remember, there was a cult that we had talked about, I believe, on the podcast. I do not remember the name of it, but... They had this, they had this belief basically that you had to be married to Jesus, and like, if and it, it was this whole thing of like you had to imagine yourself as the wife of Jesus, even if I you do were remember a man. This. Yes, I don't remember what religion it was, but I do remember this. This is a thing that we had discussed in the podcast at some point. Again, I'm so sorry, I cannot remember the name, but. Yeah. It what it reminds me because you're you're talking about like these reaffirmations, these baptisms. I'm like these are your Jesus marriage vows. You're, yeah, you are not renewing your vows to Jesus, Mel. I never did. Yeah. So this would probably be a good time for the Patreon, and okay. um, I definitely have more stories to tell. But There's so many stories. But yeah, I'd, I'd I'd like to definitely make sure we have time for the Patreon because um, I could use a small break. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, of course. What do we want to do for the Patreon ad, everybody? I don't know. We keep getting suggestions and then I don't remember them. Yeah, that's life. That's. Does anyone have a fun uh, situation that they want to? Oh, wait. Yes. We're supposed to go to couples therapy. (gasps) That's right. Oh, that's right. That's right. (laughs) We're all here. Oh, my goodness. We are. We're here. Oh, my gosh. So we're with Dr. Siegel, who you've already had a session with. Yes. I'm finally getting you in for a a joint session with Dr. Siegel. Okay. Yes, Yes. Oh, my God. Okay. 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 Get in your. Get, get in. into the. Get in the moment. Get in the moment. Red leather, yellow leather. Get into that. <laughs> that vibe. Doctor Siegel, look, I understand that you're an accredited Siegel psychologist, but I don't appreciate being dragged here over my obsession with the two dollar tier. You'd think I'd be respected in my own home for the things that I bring to the family. I think. <laughs> Listen, Mal, I, you know I appreciate you and the work that you do, but this is becoming a absolute obsession with yours. Dr. Siegel, you wouldn't believe it. He's up all hours of the night talking about pe- things, cults, cryptids on this Discord channel. He's spending $2 a month every month to talk with these people. It makes me, it makes me feel so alone in our relationship. Good call. 
Dr. Siegel brings an excellent point. I'm bringing, I'm finding a point of solace and love in that crypt cord, even especially when I share pets. And especially when we talk about the different topics of the podcast. I need to feel wanted too. Well, that just leaves me with the bits then. What am I supposed to do? They only come around every now and then. And that's the only joy I get is these little bits of the podcast that are cut out for me to listen to. And they make me feel included like I'm a part of the banter before and during the podcast. But that $5 isn't enough, Mal. It's not enough for me. Dr. Siegel, what do you think about that? <clears throat> See? There needs to be <sighs> more had... equity in this relationship. I hate to say it. I hate to say it. Goddamn, you know I hate being wrong. Dr. Siegel has a point. Has a point that has to be heard. Look, I've come to couples counseling because I do want this to work. I do want us to get somewhere together as a couple. Maybe, maybe together. Maybe together we could do the $10 tier. Do you think? The part where the paranormal? Yes. Where we could listen to the podcast hosts, listen to trashy paranormal romance that, please, the love of God, don't make it 37 chapters anymore. Where they listen to romance between cryptids and paranormal creatures with a strict guideline that it has to be a book about romance. Please, dear Just, God, please, could there be some romance in it? We act beg of you. Maybe together we could, read the, we could listen to the podcast hosts talk about the book. And have, have that connection together, and that could be a starting place. Mal, we've had so many false starts before, and we've tried the Patreon so much, and I just don't know anymore. I want this to work, but I need, I need assurances. I need you to let me do the $25 librarian tier. <sighs> I need to be able to choose the book for parlor, or else I don't have that security in our relationship. Dr. Siegel, do you listen? Do you hear this? Do you hear what I'm having to put up with here? Mmm, caca. What? How dare you? I am doing my best. Fine, fine, fine. You you can subscribe to the $25 tier at patreon.com slash conspiracies. You can pick the book that will have to have the podcast host listen to so we can then listen to that episode and feel that schadenfreude of their suffering. I will let you decide because I, I understand that you need to feel some sense of involvement and power and control. And God damn it, Dr. Siegel, you're good. Kaka. Thank you, Mal. Dr. Siegel, I, I hope, I hope this is all we need, but something tells me that at some point in the future, we're going to come back here to the patreon.com slash cults, cryptids, conspiracies couples counseling office for more maybe someday we can do it willingly and i won't have to drag mal here by his feet <sighs> i'm not even gonna get into that dr siegel it's always a pleasure i just wish it was under better circumstances uh would you like payment in uh burgers or fries Ooh, fries okay here here here's your fries here, here's some fries they're uh they're a home style cut Ooh. Thick. does dr siegel like chris cut like what chris cut chris cut like the waffle style. Yeah, like the ones where they're like crisscross. Oh, the eh, crinkly. It depends. The the like or what about what about curly fry? Ooh, curly fry. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Well, now I want fries. We'll pair a session dues next time on curly fry. <laughs> but <laughs> goddamn it, I can't abandon Patreon.com/slash Cults Cryptos Conspiracies. And now that we're in this together, if this doesn't work out, the next would be court. <gasps> Jesus, Siegel judge, Siegel lawyers even.
Ooh. <laughs> That's exciting. What I would love is for us to bring in different Seagull Council. So, like, I bring Christina in just to be my Seagull Council. Oh, oh my God. God. <laughs> oh, my God. That'd be great. I'd enjoy that. But yes, patreon.com slash cultures, conspiracies. I promise Christina and I are best friends and that we're not going to murder each other. Well, but- I mean, like, we're not in a relationship, so we, we're not getting divorced. Uh, there's that. <laughs> There is that too. Yes, there's that extra added layer of assurity that this was just a bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just a bit. It's just a bit. Wink. Anyway, <laughs> uh, if you also are familiar with our podcast and with our Patreon, we are currently running a little bit of a sweepstakes. For five people for two months, you can get free access to our $2 Discord exclusive to the podcast all you have to do is go to our twitter page which is at c3 podcast thank you chelsea and the pinned tweet there asks what's your favorite episode of the podcast all you have to do is quote tweet that with your favorite episode and you'll be entered to win yeah 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 please yeah let us know because also we have a lot of a lot of episodes but anyway let's get back to some stories so it's let's time. talk about some more. Let's let's get back to uh, Mal's therapy hour. It's Mal time. It's Mal time. It's Mal so, time. I was kicking off the baseball team because I didn't like the baseball manager grab my ass. Okay, please. I, rem- I remember you telling me this story as well. Yes. So I had to take a sport. I was not elect. I was not able to choose a sport. I was forced to go into baseball. I picked left outfield because fuck people, and I don't want to. I don't want to talk to people. But I also couldn't hit a ball. Funny story, I could never hit the ball and release the bat correctly. So I would always max velocity throw the bat at the last point of the swing. And so it would 100% fly at anybody in that general direction, which would be the other kids in line. Mm-hmm. Just running up to bat. And boy, I wish I had injured somebody. <laughs> I wish. I similarly had to stop playing baseball, but uh, it was because I had bad aim. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you throw at? I just miss. <laughs> you just you just miss. You just miss. Sometimes you just miss. But I didn't play baseball. Before any games even began, before even the series began, we were doing tryouts and trainings and stuff like that. And I got picked for the team. I don't know why. I was a lethal threat to anyone within five feet of me. But I the baseball coach started I don't want to use the word grooming, because that's a little more specific than this. Would would grab the boys' asses because that's what you do in baseball. Was, was it reasoning? a grab or was it like was it? It a was grab? not a pat. It was, it was not, not a pat. Okay. There there was flexing of fingers. Yeah. Okay. No, that's um not good. No. Like like you grab a baseball. That's groping. No. Yeah, yeah that's, that's groping. That's groping. How old were you? An assault of minors. Like thirteen. Okay. Uh, maybe like eleven. I don't know. Yeah, no. no, no. I, was, I must have been in junior high. Yeah. That's assaulting that's not of minors. Okay. Yeah. Yes. So I quickly quit the team. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm glad you quit the team. And so I, I didn't get my sport elective, so I, I got held back. Anyway. Um, oh, other fun fact: we didn't have an English class, and I think I've said this to both of you guys. You have. But to the podcast, English was. Uh, uh, we had a Bible class, which was what English was. We learned to zero English. I cannot tell you how terrible my handwriting is. Because oh I my learned, god. I learned cursive at first, and then we were not allowed to use cursive when we were, and we had to use print. My god, my handwriting is terrible. I never learned how to take notes. I don't know how to do anything with the written word. Nope. 
I will say, though, as somebody who just went to a general public school, uh, I know many people who have absolutely abysmal handwriting. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. That's not the fun part of the story. But I went to Bible class, which was normally two hours of the day in which we would memorize There's scriptures, so talk the about the learnings and lessons of God and uh, sing a little more, but also just more memorizing. Mm-hmm. Memorizing is the key to the palace of God. And I would read the Bible more than like like once every semester for fun because I was bored. And it got to the point where I knew I knew the Bible really well. And again, Pentecostal worship is about the literal translations of the Bible. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about how in the Bible it says that there will be a great, great thunderous sound and that all peoples will know my spirit and the spirit will come unto you. And then you will speak in, I don't remember if it's specific, it says you'll speak in languages unknown to you, but basically the whole spirit will come unto you. Yeah. This okay. verse in scripture is in Acts, I believe. And this is one of the basis of Pentecostal worship. Because it means that literally is where they, the way they feel it is that the Holy Spirit is inside of you. And from there you will... I don't know, no God or some shit. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's where the that's where the um, speaking in tongues. tongues. Yeah, speaking in yeah. tongues comes from. Yeah, and the whole baptism of 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 the Holy Spirit. Right. I got so good at knowing the Bible that the teachers could be like, "Mal, what's that?" Because they had to still call on me at some occasions, and um, and so I'd be able to say it immediately, and they'd be like, "Done." There actually was for my freshman and sophomore year. I really liked going to Bible class because the teacher was also the drama teacher who was in secret not a christian oh. and and he was he was an actor and he he had wanted to be an actor and um he quickly got fired from the school within two years but yeah but i liked that because i never felt the need with that teacher to be all like i love jesus mm-hmm. it was just like hi i'm in class so i started reading philosophy books in class because of the fact that i had nothing else to read i would read like uh, Sophie's World and things about Socrates and all those other fuckers and um, all the ones that make you mad. I love that just just that description of them. <laughs> all those yeah. other fuckers. Yeah, Hell yeah. yeah. Them, them collectively. And so other kids would get really upset that I was reading philosophy books because you can guess why they would get upset because higher learning is for dweebs. Right. Also, it's not about Jesus. It's not about Jesus. Where's the I'm, Christ? I learned all that Jesus had to offer. About and, Plato. Uh, yeah, Plato. Fuck, Plato was confusing for me. That was a hard one. As as a kid learning philosophy, I felt like I was definitely already kind of at a deficit because again, I didn't have an English class. So yeah, understanding that, that would hurt that. Yeah, but I still enjoyed it. And so kids would get upset, and then again, this teacher would be like, "Well, Mal, say this verse," and I'd be like, "Blah blah blah," and they'd be, and he'd be like, "Look, he did it. What do you want from me? He gets A's on all the tests. Okay, like he can read whatever book he fucking wants." Then, and I'd be like, "Yes, take that, motherfuckers." We got to shave. Uh, one of our teacher's heads, uh, depending on how well we did in class. That was really interesting. That's fine. He got fired. The, he got fired the next day. Oh. Um, let's see here. So it is fun, but it seems uh, like there's a high turnover rate for this school. It does. Like, were there any teachers that were there for a while, or is it like, did you have to be a certain amount of like Jesusy in order to like stay there? <laughs> you gotta say uh, you're only allowed for a certain amount of hail. When you go into your interview, you say a certain number of hail marys, and depending on how many you say, that's how many months you're allowed to work there. <laughs> <laughs> Keep going, don't stop. 
And then, you want to leave? You want to work here, don't you? The, the faster you <laughs> no. say them and the most you say correctly, that's how you get tenure. <laughs> so <laughs> the the teachers from like first to eighth grade, I think were pretty much like all tenured. But the ones beyond that, because then there would have to be teachers for specific courses. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. But yeah. Because then you can't just be like, oh, I only want Christians because then you have to be like, fuck, I need someone who knows Math. history and yeah math. somebody needs to know calculus once i got in high school a lot of the teachers started breaking away from them being strictly about god because then i actually had to learn algebra so it was like i actually had to take classes that related to learning because i hadn't before really truly i took algebra four times and then i took geometry one year and i fucking passed it easy algebra is fun though but i took it so many times I was forced to take algebra mm-hmm. in a public summer school course in order to pass it, even though I went to a private Christian school. Like, yeah, so, but that private Christian school was terrible. Oh, yeah. So anyway, they made you wait. So to like get your your accreditation or whatever for algebra, they're just like, just go to so, the summer. Someone else's school summer school program for it. No, no, you had to do that because you then transferred to public school, right? Because I got kicked out of private school ah that's yeah, we'll, right we'll okay get, we'll get this to is that the, this is because of the knife right this is because of we'll the, talk knife. About the yes. knife but let's talk about other stories first um we stopped having for like a few years we stopped having a competitive sports section of school mm-hmm. because there was an incident with a wrestling coach and a, and a uh, minor i don't know if it was our school's wrestling coach or a different school's wrestling coach, but it was a student that was at our school. Right. And um, I, I don't know what happened because it was hushed super quick. Jesus keeps his secrets. So because of that, uh, that was another one. Um, JC tells no I, tales. Chelsea t- JC tells no tales. Uh, every year when we were on the mile, they would make us run it more. So we had to do more than just a mile. And every time I would do it, I would fall and get fucked up. But I was not allowed to leave the trail until I finished the mile. So I remember that one. That could just be fucked up school. That's a fucked up school thing because that happened to me too. In yeah, that could school. just be fucked up school. But that's the thing. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So if people are like, oh, these don't sound that bad. I don't know. I didn't go to public school until it was too late. When I went to public school. <laughs> until it was too late? Well, he was a junior in high school. I was a junior in high school and I almost got held back because I had no English classes. I was missing right. 60 credits of English. So they're like, so you're a freshman, right? And I'm like, I'm like 17. Don't do this to me. Don't do this to me. So when I, when I went to public school, I, I had been told there's drugs and fire and alcohol. And I was like, fuck yeah, something to do. So I would go up to people and be like, hey, when's the next fight I want in? And uh, apparently I got around and the teachers put me in like Saturday school every single Saturday because I was like a bad kid. But I never did anything bad because I wanted to do something bad. And I never got invited to cool shit. No one ever. I've said this before. No one's ever offered me weed in school. Never. uh, No one ever offered me hardcore drugs. No one tried to stab me. I wish a motherfucker would. Like nothing cool happened to me in school. Okay, I went to an affluent mostly white high school and i was never offered hardcore drugs i was offered alcohol on campus and i was offered weed although i didn't smoke weed until i was in college i went to two different high schools i was a theater nerd in both so you can obviously (laughs) understand that no one ever offered me anything except i was almost stabbed okay so uh, everyone's having uh experiences with stabbing i didn't Hey. You haven't, Chelsea, you haven't truly lived until you've been il- stabbed at least once. No, I do not wish this. First time I was stabbed was the first grade. 
Okay. That's not a joke. That's actually a true I, statement. Yeah, I was... I'm aware. <laughs> but uh, I, they didn't try and make me Jesus-y about it, so there's that at least. <laughs> Don't worry if you pray about it. Okay, that was another thing. So if I got in trouble, there was zero punishment at, public, at private school. It was, I'll pray for you. I'll pray for you. You should think about this. Talk to God. Tell me what he says about this. Do it right now. And I'd be like, uh, um, hey, uh, God, um, it's me, Mal. I know we never talk because you're not real, but <laughs> Jesus. how you doing, bro? And uh, they'd be like, you're going to think about what you did. I know it's going to weigh on your heart heavily and the Holy Spirit will guide you. I'll pray for you. And that was it. That was when I got in trouble. Nice. Also, I got in trouble for standing, by the way. I got in trouble for being places I wasn't supposed to be, just standing around. I got in trouble for just, like, looking weird. I got in trouble for, like, l loitering in my own school. Like, literally, just loitering around, waiting in between classes. I don't know. I got in trouble a lot. Loitering is such a weird crime. Can we talk about what happened when uh, we experienced our first earthquake together? Oh, yes. Why don't, why don't, you, why don't you talk about this? So... A lot of times with uh, being in a relationship with Mal is trying to sort through things uh, that j basically trying to sort through everything that he was taught when he was at a private school and having to explain how it's wrong. Like how Texas is a state. Like how Texas is a state. Also, Wait, about what were you told Texas was? I thought Texas was its own country. Also about how abortions don't cause um, yep. breast cancer. Yep. I, I, I well that and I thought abortions killed. Yeah, I was yeah. told that if you get an abortion, that you will die. And so when Chelsea and I were talking in our relationship, uh, we were talking about kids and we still do to this day. But we were like, I was like, it's we came to the consensus that it's, it's a woman's choice. But I was very reluctant about it. And I don't remember if that like rubbed you the wrong way. It did. I was like, because it was like right in the beginning of our relationship. And you had said something about what if you get pregnant? And I'm like, well, I'm on birth control. So it's probably not going to happen because I'm really good with the with the pill that I've been on for the last 10 years. But also I would probably get an abortion because I cannot fathom having children right now. And he got really quiet. And I was like, OK, like this is a big deal for me. Like uh, a woman's right to choose is like a huge deal for me. And he goes, OK, well, I think women, you know, have the right. But also I just worry. I'm like, what are you worried about? And he's like. Because what if you die? And I just stared at him uh -huh. and I'm like, I, I mean, no, that abortion is one of the safest medical procedures that you can perform as long as it is legal. And also now in yeah. the 21st century. Yes. Yeah. And he had no idea. He thought that if I got an abortion, then I would probably die or get cancer and die. Yep. Like one of those two. And so back to the earthquake. Okay. And back to the earthquake. So last... I keep saying last year, but I mean 2019. 2020 was a fever dream. We're it taking really a little again on 2020. Was. We're redoing <laughs> it. This is 2020 point. So in 2019, we had a series of earthquakes in Los Angeles. Only one of them caused damage, I think. But anyway, it was like it was I remember it was like Fourth of July weekend that they were happening. Yeah. And we were in our bedroom in our old place, which had a huge sliding glass door that led out to our patio in our in our bedroom. And an earthquake. There was an earthquake. And I told Mal, because I was sitting in bed, so I told Mal to get in bed with me. Because if you grew up in a place that has earthquakes, one of the things you're taught is like, okay, if you're like in your bedroom and an earthquake happens, you should actually like stay in the middle of the bed in the middle of the room because that's where I was. 
This motherfucker walks over to the sliding glass door to look outside to see what the trees are doing. And I screamed at him to get away from the sliding glass door because it's like, it's an earthquake. You only have such um, you only have a certain amount of time. Luckily, it didn't get bigger. But I was like, why did you do that? You grew up in California. Don't you know what to do when there's an earthquake? Mal, yeah. tell the audience uh, how you were told to prepare for an earthquake when you were a child. To accept God's love. <laughs> I feel like that was the that was what you were told for every situation, though. Being poisoned, except God's love. Yeah, bit it's by just, a snake, except God's love. Trip yeah. over a fence and get some nails in your knees. Scream and accept God's love. So specifically, we're told that if that happened, that God would take care of it. Solid. Basically, hold Jesus, take the wheel kind of scenario. Time to see and Jesus. Thank you. Yeah, and that every that specifically everything was gonna be okay. That nothing wrong would happen, that, that you would feel no pain or suffering, and that you'd be welcomed in God's arms. And that you wouldn't be dying. You, you didn't die. Okay. You just moved to heaven. You relocated. <laughs> I was about to say, that does sound like they're just being like, it's fine, heaven's better for you anyway. And yeah. that is the thing that I, and we've talked about this on the podcast before, whenever you, whenever you encounter a belief system that heavily emphasizes the benefits of the afterlife, it's just like... You have to have some serious disincentivation, uh, like de-incentivation for people just committing suicide or yeah. doing stuff that would get them killed so they could go to heaven or whatever. Like, well, be suicide's a sin. Yeah, so that's, exactly. That's, but that's the that. point. They say that they say that it's a sin so that they stop people from just trying to go to straight to heaven. Yeah. Uh, God, I got your number. Here I'm coming. No, you ain't. <laughs> but yeah, it, so I I learned really quickly that's not what you do during earthquakes. Yeah, yeah. There was it was it was it was a weird life. It was a weird time. Um, I've I've said the dinosaur story on on stream, right? You, I don't know if you've talked about the dinosaur story. I actually um before you talk about the dinosaur story because that's like everyone's favorite. I want to ask you. Uh huh. Go ahead. How? What is it about you specifically? Do you think that caused you to not become like succumb to? peer pressure essentially like you decided no fuck god or fuck jesus basically like i'm not going to be pressured into into conforming to this fucked up belief or alternatively what was it about the situation that made you feel like you were not welcomed into it so i'm not going to go specifically into too much detail about what i'm going to say next but i think the root of the cause and the issue was that i was abused at home Mm -hmm. and a lot of that made it so that way the abuse at home made school not seem very different or made school seem like oh i'm abused here too okay Mm -hmm. my life was survival my life was stealing to eat doing people who survived child abuse tell stories about how they had to learn to do things in a certain way in order to lower the rate of incidence of the abuse that happens to them right children who are abused have to learn I cannot say these certain things. I cannot go to these certain locations. I cannot speak in a certain way or else those that abuse me will will do it. Mm -hmm. And so my life as a child was very much surviving and learning those things. Going to school, I had already become a chameleon in the sense that I had to learn to to do things to go unnoticed, to be invisible and to survive because I did not have a good home life. And again, I don't really want to go into more details about it here on the podcast. No, you don't have to. No, of course not. So at school, it was very easy just to say, sure, I love God. Yeah, right. God's good. Yep. Mm-mm. Give me the Jesus right in the veins. Oh, give it to me. Because it didn't matter because it was a lie. 
I had already learned to lie as it was. It didn't matter if I was lying to more people because these people didn't matter. They, they weren't real. I didn't know what was real. I didn't know what was anything. I lived a very disassociated life at home and sadly at school. So then why don't you talk about the incident that basically saved you? Um, which you mean would when be, I met God? <laughs> which would be when you got kicked out of private yeah. school. So I was starting to be forced to take the bus home. And there was a, a part of the upbringing I had was that I was not given lunch money. And I was not, after a while, I was no longer being taken to school by my birth mother. I stopped receiving rides to a school that was all the way across town. And if you don't go a certain number of times, I was taught you could get arrested and go to jail. There's another fun fact, which I isn't think, the case. I mean, you don't go to jail, but it is illegal to, if you're a minor, to skip school it's a illegal times. It's illegal for the parent. I don't know if it's illegal for the kid. Yeah. No, if yeah. the kid your, is like, if the kid parent, is running away, yeah. would, have, would yeah. face consequences, not you. Yeah. If yeah. I was running away, that'd be a different conversation altogether. I just never got rides to school. So I started right. taking the bus because I knew I was scared of going to jail and I thought I had to go to school. I was also scared of, of people. I had no socialization skills because my socialization skills were home and school. I had the assumption that everyone in life was going to treat me just the same, which was not in a friendly manner. So I brought a knife with me on the bus and I did for a while because I was afraid. And I... And making that statement, and I know it seems blasé and, and just weird and whatever, but when you think about that deeply, there's a lot there's a lot to unpack here. Yeah, no. Like, there is a lot to unpack here. Generally speaking, and kind of b before we move on, that was something that when we were discussing why you didn't feel... Because the, the vibe that I got from you you're talking about this school and the people there was not necessarily that like you knew from the beginning or you felt from the beginning like, oh, all of this is fake. Um, and, and I'm different from everybody somehow, it felt more of a situation where it's, it's harder for somebody who is suffering to believe that all of that will, f that God's grace is going to be the only thing they need. Because if somebody is in a position where they are not mentally or physically well, and they're being told, oh, this will fix your problems, but it very obviously doesn't, I imagine that it's very hard to be like, to keep trying that. Yeah. I imagine that it pretty quickly you're just kind of like, oh, so you're you're lying to me. I tr I tried for a really long time to to ask for God. I tried for a really long time because supposedly Jesus speaks to you like literally. Yeah. Into your ears. I I prayed. I tried because I wanted to be loved. And it, uh, and it never came. That reminds me of that scene. I know you've seen this, Mal. I think you've seen this, Christina. Jesus camp. Yeah. yeah, there is this scene where this. I can't watch kid, that. Yeah, I, I can't watch it. There's this scene where the little kid, this little kid, is like seeing that he, he, he like doesn't understand why he can't feel something that everyone else can, and it breaks my heart because what it is is everyone else is pretending. Yeah, and this kid doesn't realize that everyone else is pretending, or they're not, or, or they're not pretending, but they're they're suggestive. They're they're in a it's in a their state reality. Where that's their reality, but like. It, yeah. it doesn't necessarily mean that that's a constant for everybody else. Yeah. And no one helps this kid. They're just like, no one says to him, don't worry. You know, Jesus loves you or anything like that. He's just like basically forced to to wallow in despair. And it's mm -hmm. fucking heartbreaking. It, it's abandonment. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's what it is. And that was that was a lot of my life. I, I mean, like to to 
empathize with you a bit, Mal. And, and obviously it's not too nearly as extreme an extent. I also grew up in a very, very unhappy household for like most of my life. One of my earliest memories is my parents fighting in the in the kitchen table while me and my sister are trying to to eat. And that's kind of the tone of my childhood. And I, I have several memories of like hiding somewhere and wishing it would stop and wishing it would be better. And like, in a sense, praying because I was, I was young enough and we, we weren't like an especially religious household, but you, you can't really exist in America without knowing these things. Yeah. And I remember asking for things to improve and, and like making promises to any, anything that things would get better. And when they didn't, it became very abundant. Like no one is listening. And yeah. that is a, it's an absolutely heartbreaking experience to have. It's, it's tragic. Especially as a child. Yeah. What, what people need to understand is that children do not have the power, not just in a religious sense, but the power and agency to solve these kinds of problems. And that's why child abuse can go unnoticed. It can be so invisible and unseen because they don't know it's wrong. I didn't know that this was abnormal. I didn't know that this wasn't going to be my life forever. And so I brought a knife on a bus and one day I tripped in school and I dropped the knife and some girl who hated my living guts um, in art class because I was the creepy kid who didn't love God um, saw it and reported me. And according to school, I threatened her at knife point like against the wall and like, yeah. And so um, I hadn't the next day I had been brought into the principal's office to be like, hey, we heard this and blah, blah, blah. And I didn't bring the knife with me that day because I knew I knew that something was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I knew that that I that there was nothing I can do that if I had a knife on me, that it'd be even worse. So I, yeah. I didn't bring it with me. Yeah. And uh, there was nothing I could do. It was one of those conversations. Well, we heard this is the case and we're going to do something about it. And you get to decide either we expel you or you withdraw. And that wasn't a decision pointed to me. It was a decision pointed to my birth mother. And the, the, the interesting thing about that is putting that kind of choice to someone who made those decisions, not, not because I, was, I wasn't trying to be threatening. I was trying to protect myself. Mm-hmm. I learned later that the reason that actually I was ex- forced this decision was because for years, parents had threatened to stop funding the school if I continued to go there. Wait, what? You specifically? Because of the fact that I was not wholly white. Because of the fact that I also didn't love God. A lot of the other student, uh, students' parents would write letters to the school saying that I cannot believe that you would allow this type of person in your school. And that because of that, I will more than likely not be offering funding or withdraw my child. Stuff like that. And so this was pretty much just the perfect case for the school to get rid of me. So yeah, That were, I didn't know. They were waiting for a moment. Yeah. Yeah, And so I didn't have the knife and I easily disputed that. Well, because of this, because of that, because I read the bus. It didn't matter. They didn't listen. They didn't hear. Like, I didn't even get to fully explain because they were like, no, no, no. We, we understand. God has told us. You get to either be expelled or withdraw. And so I, get, I, I withdrew from school, which froze all of my grades at the time, which were all Fs anyway. And I went to public school. And boy, did I fucking love public school. <laughs> God damn. Yeah, that's like insane how they... they thought they were punishing you in a sense, but it was like the best thing that happened to you. God damn it was. If it wasn't for being being expelled from private school, I would be 
dead probably but on a happier note uh i would probably be just not having the wonderful life i have today i have a fucking wonderful life i have a dog i have a cat i have best friends i actually talk to human beings you have a niece i'm i'm adopted like like these amazing things and again i don't want people to be sad because sad things did happen to me yes but that's not the point the point is that i got i life got better Mm -hmm. and then i've gotten better and then i've tried to get better and and the point is to try to be a better person whether you love god or not and that's then that's just fine i i just generally think that instances like this experiences like this are an excellent basically call to action to look closer at even the more established institutions that we have in our society yeah. especially when it comes to religion because religion is one of the things that can be so dominating in a person's life it, it bleeds over into almost every aspect of a person's life and when you give somebody that control over you, you need to have assurances that they're not going to use it to hurt you or they're not going to use it to belittle you or to persecute you or to what's another word I'm looking for? Control. Um, yeah, control. Discriminate against, though, is, oh, okay, the, is yeah. the thing that I was thinking of specifically for this yeah. instance, because it, it very much seemed like if they had actually cared that much about saving your soul, they would have worked harder to make you feel more loved. That's that's true. Unfortunately, yeah. that wasn't the point. Yeah. That is the entire thesis. That's the moral of today's story. That's our takeaway. My takeaway. Let's end on a happier note. Mal, tell us the dinosaur story. <laughs> For, before I tell the dinosaur story, I just want people to know that I, again, I, I had a very hard time. And I nowadays have a very hard time. And I'm not very public about a lot of things that happen in my life because, A, it's not necessarily people's business, but B, yeah. because it's not going to make things easier. And I know a lot of people listen to this podcast who know us collectively as just voices. There are very few people that know me from this podcast, actually, personally. And I don't necessarily publicly say what doesn't doesn't happen to me because if I, if I tell you in public or in person, face-to-face, that these things are, then this is an okay subject to talk about. But if I know you and the way you're learning this about me is from this podcast, I don't want you to talk to me about this. Yeah. Because I don't know you that way. And you need to understand that. That that we are not that close. With that being said, I have many close and personal friends who know these things about me. They, they know that I, I have had this kind of life, that I currently seek help, and that I currently have loving friends and a loving relationship. And I couldn't be happier. Yeah, I love your parents. I love your brother. Even yeah, if he's a pain in the ass. So uh, I met my brother in public school because in the first week of going to public school, I was alone and afraid and had no idea. And I thought people were going to stab me for my money because I didn't have any because I didn't know what public school was. I was excited but nervous at the same time. It was great. So I went into this classroom and I was just like, I don't know what's going to happen. I could die right now. And I just said, who wants to be my friend? And no one said anything for five That seconds. sounds about public school. And then my brother Alex stood up, raised his hand, said, I'll be your friend. Aww. And we've been best friends ever since. Yeah. And that's my brother. And then I got adopted. And then there you go. Anyway. I think my favorite part is that you, you, it's like you're, there's two parts that are my favorite. One of them is that you guys also realized you were born on the exact same day. So <laughs> yes. you just tell everyone that you're twins. <laughs> we're both the same day on the same year. So we're just like, we're twins. So, um, <laughs> yeah, which <laughs> is the story. So my dad signed us up for a gym membership one year and he, she, he had to explain the names of the people that were a part of the gym membership. Yeah. But none of us had the same last name. Yeah. <laughs> because my dad doesn't have the same last name as my mom mm-hmm. and, and as my brother and as me. 
At least didn't at the time anyway, because now my name's legally been changed. So he had explained to this woman over the phone, uh, my name is, is this, da-da-da, okay. This is my wife's name. Yes, she has her maiden name. Uh, this is my son's name. Uh, yes, he has the maiden name of my wife. This is my other son. Oh, his name? It was a sorted year. <laughs> and then he just went and he just moved on from the subject from there. He just didn't explain it. And, and there you go. Um, so let's talk about dinosaurs. I was not allowed to learn about dinosaurs. Well, hang on. I was going to say the one other thing that I love about oh, yeah. your family, which is that your brother then decided to just bring you home one day and your mom was like, all right, I guess I got another one. <laughs> just accepted it. Like, all right. Uh, what really uh, helped sell it was that she quickly within the first couple of weeks was like, Hey, you want a piece of candy? And I was like, I love candy. I'm so under malnourished and I starve daily. And she was like, here, have this. And I had this white little piece of candy and I ate it. And I was like, this is fucking disgusting. And I was salivating and there's drool coming out of my mouth. And she's like, that's because I just fed you garlic. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like your mom. And uh, I learned what garlic was that day. <laughs> Did you not know what garlic was before that? Nope. No idea. How? How had you lived? All this other not well. Ignore all that other crap about the the <laughs> the the systematic neglect and abuse. How did you not live without garlic? He now? grew up around white people. Yeah, and I know we're also white people. We're also but like, white people. But like evangelical <laughs> white is a special non-spicy white. It's like it's like that 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 skit from Saturday Night Live where T'Challa's like, oh, it's like that thing where Susan brings over her. Like her version of potato salad, it's got raisins in it. <laughs> it's got no spices and it doesn't taste good at all. They're yeah. like, you're, you're almost there. Keep going. <laughs> Black Jeopardy with T'Challa. Oh my God. Oh, rest in peace, Chadwick Boseman. We miss you every day. So, uh, dinosaurs? Dinosaurs. Dinosaurs. So I was adopted. And around the age of like 16 to 17 or 18, I can't really remember, I went with my family, my adopted family, to Target one day. We're searching around for stuff. We're shopping for stuff for the house. And shopping with my family is one of those things that takes like a few hours because we yeah. just go all over town. And stuff. it's what you do. It's what and you do in a small town. It's Target. You're going to walk in and then. And then you go down yeah. every aisle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we had just carts full of stuff. And so we're walking around like the toy aisle. And I love I loved Legos and I still do. And I was like, what's that? And my family was a little bit away from me. And my brother looked, like was like, whatever, and left because he's an asshole. <laughs> he is. And a Target employee was like, can I help you? And I was like what's what's that and he was like what do you mean it's a it's a it's a piggy bank i'm like but but what is it and he's like a dinosaur and i'm like what's what's a dinosaur and he was like uh like a large reptile it's a it's a it's a dinosaur i'm like i don't understand and so this man explained to me in the target what dinosaurs are and how they lived a long time ago and how they like ate grass and like killed each other and there was many different kinds and i was like whoa what the fuck <laughs> where did these come from? And so I was like, whoa, thank you, dude. Where did they go? <laughs> and so then the man had explained to me. The extinction meteor, of the dinosaurs. Uh, that a meteor came and killed the dinosaurs. And I was like, oh, that's that's terrible. And it was like a legitimately sad in Target. And so I bought that piggy bank and it's a stegosaurus and I've had it ever since. We still own that piggy bank. Here's yeah. the thing that I love most about this story is that you were describing that there were there was at least a year or so between you <laughs> leaving that environment, that Pentecostal environment, and you yeah. being around your future adopted family where no one explained or mentioned dinosaurs to you. Nope. 
Because it's not something you think you have to explain to someone who's like 16. But it doesn't come up in conversation. How often do dinosaurs come up in your okay, daily conversation? Well, I, this is Christina. <laughs> I am an outlier that should not be counted, and I am yeah. aware of this. But well, again, I there are so many things that come up in our conversation where Chelsea pulls me aside and she's like, "Mal, cheese does come from cows," and I'm like, <laughs> "What? I'm like, what do you mean it's a dairy product? Who? Why didn't anyone tell Chelsea, me? Oh, you? I was trying to explain." how to sort recycling and you put <laughs> food in the recycling and i'm like babe food doesn't go in the recycling it goes in the compost and you're like why not i'm like well what would you recycle food into and you were like more food <laughs> and okay I'm like to his credit not wrong not wrong <laughs> in a roundabout way not wrong so yeah every, every once in a while there's a new lesson of huh that's a thing like it's um, fun. I get to teach mouse stuff every day. I quick one of the early things I learned about was tectonic plates, mm-hmm. and uh, the reason why is because my family had a tradition that if tectonic plates was ever said on a TV show, movie, or game show, that everyone had to pause and take a drink. <laughs> Jesus. All right, like an alcoholic so I, drink or just a hydrate? Yes, alcoholic. The the kids drank water until then. We were old enough to drink, but but yes. That's such a yeah. weirdly specific tradition. It is a weird because I didn't know it doesn't about that. come up because it never comes up. It so again like, depends upon the television that you're consuming. I'm don't. I'm just imagining you guys watching Jeopardy and this happening. God, we used to love watching Jeopardy. We used to scream at the at the TV and be like, "It's this! Get him, Trebek! Fuck him up!" Anyway, fuck you, Trebek. <laughs> there are definitely moments where and and. This is one good thing, a silver line that can come out of it, is the sense of childlike wonder that we can all enjoy from getting to explain things to Mal. Um, <laughs> that is true. Yes, it's a true. No, it's a true and absolute joy because, like, in a sense, you do, like, I don't enjoy teaching children things because uh, children don't have the range of vocabulary and experiences that that adults do and so i don't get to have as much fun with it i have to be more straightforward with them about like things but with mal whenever he asks me a very weird question that one would assume that an adult human would know by now i just like awesome i get to be weird about how i teach this to you uh there was the question of uh i think we had a conversation i don't remember how it came up if jupiter's bigger than the sun yeah i was just about Mm -hmm. to say yeah we did have um, that conversation I think that was one of the very earliest arguments that you guys had me mediate because Chelsea. It wasn't me. It was it was Celeste. It was Celeste. That's right. It was yes. you and Celeste. Yeah, my fucking best friend in the world. I swear to God, I'm sorry for listening. She is listening. <laughs> she listens to every she episode. Does. She does. Because I believe it was Celeste was being like, "No, Mal, Jupiter is much larger than the Sun," and Mal was saying that doesn't sound opposite. Right. No, no, no. Was I was saying Jupiter was larger. Yeah, I, I was saying Jupiter was larger than the sun. And she was like, Mal, you're so wrong. No, that's yeah. what I'm saying is that Celeste was saying you, the sun. You, I yeah, did you, that. you reversed it. I reversed it my yeah. vocally. Yeah. Yes. Celeste was saying that the sun is much larger than Jupiter. You're like, that doesn't sound right. And then uh, you, you brought me in as like the referee. <laughs> yep. Or that time I asked you what happens to more recently, what happens to meat when it goes into space? Yes, that was fun though. That was a that was just a fun science that's question. That's just a but fun just, science question. That's not it, that's not anything about like public school education. That's just a fun physics question. But but yeah, uh, my name's Mal, and hey, here's looking at you, kid. Hi, Mal. <laughs> but yeah, I learn things every day, and uh, I love fucking being on this podcast because sometimes there's topics where I'm like, 
Huh. There are some times huh? when, when Mal will be editing the podcast and then he'll come out and be like, wait. <laughs> <laughs> like, hold on. And I'm like, yes. Go on. Oh, uh, another fun fact. Cults didn't exist until I learned about them at like the age of like 20. Yeah. I huh, didn't learn I about Jonestown that or... Yeah, that's so weird that you wouldn't learn about what cults are until... I wonder why that is, Mal. Hey. The age of 20. Who's to say? Who's to say? Yeah. But yeah. It is mystery. But yeah. That's uh, that's my tale. It's been Mal's story time. Thank you, Mal. Thank this you for the story. This has been Mal's story time. If anyone would like to know more stories, please feel free to talk to me on Discord if you're in the Crypt Cord. Um, yeah. Do not at me on Twitter. And if you know me personally, at me on Twitter, if you do or do, I don't. OK, if you want to ask me things on Twitter about things, that's fine. But if you know me personally and you're like, hey, I work with Mal, don't. Oh, that's right. You have people that you work with that listen to this podcast. I forgot. Yep. Don't. I don't want to talk about it with you. This is the benefit that I have for not knowing any of my coworkers. Well, some of my coworkers were like, don't you do that thing where you edit the podcast? And I'm like. Do I want to tell them because I want more people to listen or do I want to be anonymous? <laughs> or do I want them to never know? To blend but, uh, in? Would we like to do a tweet or an email? Yes. Oh, yeah. That's a thing that we do. I forgot. We, we definitely would like to do some correspondence and corrections from our lovely community. But first, let's have one more quick word from our sponsors. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. So first we have Twitter. Twitter. I kind of have a correction. Well, it's not really a correction. It's just something a bit uplifting. Yay. On episode 198, quick correction. The town of Paradise is not gone. It's slowly recovering and the community is committed to staying and fixing the problems caused by PG&E. I live nearby in Chico and have been super excited to see it persevere. So thank Hell you yeah. at Figaro. It's Figaro. Possibly. So- yeah, thank that, you. That was one of the things when I was editing. I was like, I thought they were rebuilding. They but, are rebuilding, um, but it's still like it's hard. It's hard. It's hard. Yeah. It's like I don't know yeah. if anyone's seen. If you, I don't remember if you guys mentioned it, but there's the documentary about the Paradise yeah. Fire, mm-hmm. and it's like it's it's tragic. But I'm so glad to hear that there's you know they're doing what they can. Yeah. Next up, we have a photo from T.G. Shepherd Van. Apparently, they went out walking with their little pups, their bonsai wolves, and discovered <laughs> the most terrifying cat. This is the that, cat that's going to start singing to you about joining the Jellicle Ball. See, to me, this cat is a witch in disguise. Like, this is this is not a cat. This is a person. Hey. Is that is this one of those cats where it's like, Ma, there's a weird fucking cat out here. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> but it's also, like, fucking regal as shit. Look at this cat. It is an intense cat. 
I'm in love with that cat. Yeah, it's a witch. She's that. That cat's a witch. Thank you to Ginger Ice Tea for getting your girlfriend to listen to our podcast. And also to spread the word about the atrocities of Anish Kapoor and the <laughs> glory of Stuart Semple. Uh, I think there needs to be a shout out for Kino because I think this episode comes out on Kino's birthday. This episode oh. does come out on Kino's birthday. Aww, that's right. Kino that's asks us in the Discord to say happy birthday. Happy birthday, Kino. Happy birthday, Kino. Kino. Thanks for the being one Lord. of our great fans. Our meme lord. And then at TG Shepherd Van also wants us to know that their local ad fills are for Dwali Lego sets. That's what, Ooh. yep. I was remembering That's that awesome. from. At Ninth Universe says, uh, for the different subculture breakdowns, emo is world is bad and that makes me feel bad. Goth is world is bad, but hey, there's beauty in it. Punk is world is bad and that makes me mad. And scene is world is bad, but I'm worse. Lol. God, the scene kids. At Jazz Dubs. We are very excited to be, this is a t- uh, not your typical Florida man headline, but a welcome addition nonetheless. We are very excited to be next on the list for this talented artist, which is a Florida man that builds miniature replicas of Salem landmarks. That's awesome. That's delightful. Okay. My mother. <laughs> oh, mom. My mom's like, you are hardly ever emo. And I'm like, I have photographic evidence, mother. Listen, I... I need to see them because I'm not sure if I can imagine you full emo. I had this. I I had I have straight hair that I straightened. Uh Uh-huh. Yes. That was just the early 2000s, my dude. That's fair. I had the thick black eyeliner. Okay. I had the jeans under dresses, the largely black wardrobe listening to Green Day, Fall Out Boy and My Chemical Romance on repeat. All right, all right. I'll still she's want a, the receipts. She's okay. adjacent. I feel like that's just adjacent, though. <laughs> what? So here's the thing that I need to mention, and at QueerBird00 does bring this up, that says, OMG, okay, I'm listening to C3 Podcast, and Christina, how can you not mention the nipples? What? And this is actually a fair correction what? that I need to bring up about the Justin Trudeau conspiracy. Why? Because... I'm sorry, what? Nipple color is genetic, and go on. Justin Trudeau and his father Pierre do not have the same color nipples. Again, um, okay. So I was editing the podcast, and I was telling you, Christina, privately. I'm gonna say it publicly. I think the theory's right. Oh my god! <laughs> I think not. Fidel Castro fathered Justin Trudeau. I'm and you cannot convince me otherwise. I'm uh, delighted. <laughs> It's very funny, uh, but that's that is a part of the that is the part of this conspiracy is and it gets into like it, it gets into weird genetics. And obviously some people are, are racist about it. But a part of the conspiracy that I did not mention at the time, because legitimately I had forgotten about it uh, until I saw this tweet and I was like, oh, my God, that's right, is that Justin Trudeau's brown nipples which allegedly... <laughs> please stop saying Justin Trudeau's nipples, please. Justin Trudeau's brown nipples. No. And that means... I don't want to think can, about this. He is not... He is not Pierre Trudeau's son. That I, is what people are claiming. And I agree. And people should hear it. People need to know that he's he's Fidelito or whatever. He's a little Fidelo. Fidelito, yes. Fidelito. I hate this. A little, a little Fidel. I hate this thank so you, much. Thank you, Queerbird. At Western Nerd also says emo is totally goth light. Sorry, not sorry. I disagree wholeheartedly. 
It's got its own different flavor. I would like to say one Kino meme. Yes. For his birthday. Yes. And it's, I found these pills on the ground. What are they? No clue. Should I eat them? Depends. Are you Hunter S. Thompson? No, they will probably kill you. Yes. Sweet Jesus. Look at the fucking lizards. (laughs) Look at the lizards. (laughs) Love it. Could we do an episode on Hunter S. Thompson? Probably. It's our podcast. He is a cryptid. Yes. Also, isn't Tommy Wiseau a cryptid? We've talked about we talked him, about, We talked about I right. did an episode, episode on, on Tommy Wiseau. Yeah. And now he's possibly D.B. Cooper. And then thank you to at Jay Guseth for your lovely photos of your animals. Two extra good dogs. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. All right. Moving on to the emails. Emails. Yes. So first we have Sammy. Who says, hey, gals and Mal, I'm Sammy. I was listening to this episode, which is episode 199. And in the open, y'all were talking about emos. And I just needed to let you know that there is a movie called Emo the Musical. And it is meme-tastic. I was going to just message y'all on Instagram, but I couldn't find your account. We don't have an Instagram. We do not have an Instagram (laughs) account. And that would probably be why. Anyway, I love this podcast with my entire being. And I love listening to it at work. Sincerely, hopefully the badass research librarian, because my degree is literally in library informatics. Ooh, a bummersville. Well, we have so many people that are smarter than us. Well, welcome to being the li- the badass library, whatever. Research what librarian. Research librarian of bummersville. I just like the phrase library informatics. That what is does a cool it mean? Phrase. I want to know. I do wish to know more. I wish to know. We also have, of course, from the international pages of the Bummersville Daily Y, our correspondent Peter, who says, uh, hello, ladies, ghost of Mao and all ships at sea. As a citizen of Chinookistan. Chinookistan? Uh, I loved the Trudeau Castro episode. Pity it's not true, since if it were, it would make T. Justin or little, little Justin. A, much cooler. Think of Justin as someone like a younger Joe Biden connected to a previous administration that was either beloved or despised, depending on what party you're f- part of the country you're from. And not so much a leader folks got excited about as people turned out to vote against the other guy. And B, my half-brother. <laughs> <laughs> okay, probably not, but my mother did visit Cuba before my birth and knew Fidel, so... That's... Mm, okay. <laughs> Apparently that's all you need, Peter. And then it says, as for the subject line, which is Mal will insert the episode number here. I don't know if you've heard, but Kurt Sutter of Hell's Angels Do Hamlet TV show Sons of Anarchy is directing a movie for Netflix called The Beast based on the story of the Beast of Gavadon. Here's the thing is that the amazing YouTube series Puppet History recently released an episode on the Beast of Gavadon. And I, I do love, like puppet history. I love puppet history so much for many I've reasons. Never, I've never seen this. Mal, we're going to have a marathon. Once we're both vaccinated, I'm coming to your house and I'm making you watch puppet history. It's it's on you at this point. It's going to Yeah, happen. we're vaccinated. Yeah, we're vaccinated now. I have my appointment on Wednesday. Well, it's, then you have the second shot. We only had the one. Uh, it's going to happen. I need to make you watch Puppet History. The episode is wonderful. It does not go into as much depth about the Beast of Gavudon as I would wish it did. Well, maybe a movie will, though. Maybe. I don't think it will. I don't we'll think it will. It's a Netflix movie. Was it a wolf? Was it a werewolf? Was it a man in a suit? Who knows? Anyway. Was it a time traveler <laughs> in a Chewbacca li- suit? Or was it just a lion? (laughs) We also got an email from Jonah, who I believe emailed us before about some recommendations for starting a podcast. 
Yeah. And they want to know where they can find klaxons. Yes. You may, we made all of ours. We, we, we made them. We made grabbed royalty-free sounds. Um, also, what's your guys' favorite klaxon? We had this discussion last week. It's the bones. It's them bones. Did we have this discussion last week? We did. Cause remember, I said, uh, well, actually, I think my favorite oh. is the New World Order one. You, you did have this conversation last week, and actually, mine's the anti-Semitism klaxon. Fair enough. Fair enough. That's a good one. Yeah. Hey. Hey. I was gonna say the Alex Jones one is good. The I I will eat my neighbors, but the New World Order one is also. Really I had good. to make effort for that one. Yeah. I really had to make effort for that one. Um. Jonah also says, secondly, we are building a cult base in our school grounds. <laughs> so, so far we have made a bench, two burning teepees, and a couple stools. I would love to send photos, but sadly no cameras at school. So yeah, that's fun. Another thing, also congrats on 200 episodes. Um, I love how on your Goop episode you were saying, I hope that no kids are listening to this, but if so, your parents are cool. And then Jonah says, there is an imposter among us. And yes, my parents are uber chill. So apparently we do have youths listening to the podcast. Youths? Oh my God. Youths. How's it going, fellow youths? (laughs) And yes, you can be this rebellious goose flock of Bummersville. I don't know if you'll be able to unseat the seagulls, but you know. Yeah, the we'll seagulls see what are, happens. The seagulls are part of the board of committee of Farmersville, so... I mean, if you give us fries. That's how most legislation gets passed. It is. <laughs> All right, since Mal talked a bunch... Hi. One of us should probably read a longer, a longer email. Well, we have a longer email from January 30th that I can read right now. I would love that, Chelsea. The subject is Sassolini again, with a clarification, a local legend, and story, and some pics. Hello, gals, Mal, and any other variety of entities that may or may not be present. Have you been? Eh. Eh. So first off, a clarification. I am filled with self-doubt, so I just wanted to make abundant, absolutely clear that I did not recommend, that I did recommend Kushiel's Dart because I now know that it's bad and it is really bad. So that was the one we talked about before. In the last that email, yes. In the last email, it doesn't count because it's not supernatural romance. But Correct. anyway, that said... I have some information, a local legend, and a real-life story that came from it. First, the setting. I grew up in a small town called Franklin in New York, and I do mean a small town. If my mother hadn't moved us when when I was 13, my graduating class of 04 would have been all of 60 or 70 students, if I remember correctly. And we were a massive class. For context, my graduating class had 500 people. I can't even fathom that. Anyway... We were the first class that was big enough that we had to be split into two and put on a rotating schedule. The entire student body K through 12 was housed in one moderately sized two and a half floor building, half a floor because it was built on a hill and the (laughs) library, gymnasium and a few classrooms were on floors in the slope. Now for some historical context. They put put rainbows. rainbows. (laughs) There's a rainbow emojis. I love it. Franklin is a little strange, is a strange little town. It takes about 10 or 15 minutes to walk from one side of it to the other. And that's from the welcome to to the now leaving signs. There are two main streets with every other one being a connection between the two, a small loop or dead ends. One post office, one restaurant and a gas station. Two churches, though. The size of Franklin now being established over the years, Franklin has accumulated some cemeteries. Yes, plural. The dead ain't leaving. There's a churchyard, the main cemetery, and several small private cemeteries scattered throughout, mostly tucked away in the corners of yards or behind not quite high enough fences. Easy enough to miss if you don't know they're there, but definitely in view. My story focuses on one cemetery in particular. 
See, there was a church that used to be there before I was born, and it burned down. I'm not sure if people decided that it wasn't worth rebuilding because there were other churches in town, or if they just didn't have the money, or maybe it was an act of God. I don't know. Whatever the reason, they left it. When the town decided to use the land for something else, they decided not to move the bodies or headstones from the old churchyard. This is a wise decision, as many movies and books have taught me. Perhaps <laughs> less wise was the decision to not fence it in. Definitely less wise was the decision to use the land directly in front of it as the also not fenced in school playground. Yes, you read that right. There's okay. a small graveyard clearly visible to all children K through 12 every time they go outside for recess and access is unrestricted. To be fair, during recess, the teacher will call you back if you went in, but that was all. Okay. I have included photo evidence of this brilliance. Unfortunately, Franklin is too small to have a street view in Google Maps, but I have the satellite image. At some point, a kid was playing back there and a headstone fell and broke her leg. I think there might be any high fence there now. Whoa, geez. Jesus Christ. And now for the legend. I have no idea how far back this goes. I suppose it's possible that some of the kids saw a movie and decided they'd heard this, but I was told that there was a particular grave in that graveyard where there was a witch buried. No stories about what she allegedly did, just that she was there. They might have even decided that the witch was responsible for the above-mentioned incident. Short legend, now the story. Once this started going around, some of the brighter dunderheads, not I, decided that the only thing to do was to fuck with the witch's ghost. Sure enough, a short time later, a black pentacle had been spray painted on one of the headstones. Not cool, but this is also where I learned that pentacles can also be protective. So at least someone did some of their homework. Anyway, life went on for a while and the dunderheads started not sleeping so well. They started talking about how they thought they'd fucked up and bad. Spooky things were happening reportedly culminating into one of responsible parties being levitated off their bed while things were thrown across their room. Okay. They decided that something had to be done about this and they had to fix it. There could only be one day to, way to do that. Dunderhead smash. They're just sure going to go and like, destroy somebody's grave? Yeah. Sure enough, one day the headstone was broken into several chunks and the dumbasses never said anything about spooky shit again. I'm not sure if anything happened to them, legally speaking, as they were minors and, yet, and again, small town. Anyway, I have a bunch of things to tell you about. You'll be hearing from me again at some point. Until then, have some pictures. The satellite image has the playground on the bottom and the cemetery towards the top. Also, content warning for the pics. My apartment doesn't allow pets, so we do what we can. Bones incoming. Oh, God. Yes, bones. <laughs> All bones we get are either found and trustworthy, no infant skeletons here, from a reputable source, no bone farms or anything like that, or from other processes that don't use the bones. We have a few friends who hunt for food. Coyotes are shoot on site if you have farm animals and my friend slaughters cattle for food, etc. So the first pick is a satellite image, I promise. The second pick is a variety, but the focus are the bat skulls with breed names and a quarter for scale. They come to us from a friend who won them in a raffle to support bat sanctuaries. He didn't like a lot of the skulls, and so he spread them out amongst his friends. And third picture is our pride and joy. We got them from a pawn shop, so even if they were killed for their head, our money doesn't go to the asshole, and they have a good home. They're an Impala, and we call them vlog the fourth picture is another pawn shop find and his name is jimmy he's an adolescent male boar and we love him he is a smiley boy and the he fifth is a very picture, smiley boy and the fifth pictures are shamrock and they're going on two years now we call them jamie that's all i have for now keep up the good work and take care of yourselves you're welcome to put these up online if you want to and i have plenty more bone picks if you want them bones! there are so many bone picks Dude, there's also I, satellite images of yeah no that's yeah uh, it's right there it's right on there I've talked about in the podcast how bones can be used for necromantic power when it comes to blacksmithing, right? Uh, I don't know if you talked about it on the podcast. When you say necromantic power, do you do you mean the fact that when you infuse bones into swords, the carbon in the bones mixes with the iron to create steel? 
hence necromancy. Sure. That's not necromancy. Okay. That is, that is using... No, I'm, I... Okay, okay. I am not okay. disagreeing with Mal. I'm, back, I'm backing away from this. I'm backing away from this. this it's not using... magic, it's physics, but it might still be necromancy. It, but no matter what version of magic it is, science or magic or religion, there's there, still necromancy. The okay. science and magic are polar opposites. <laughs> but I will, whichever... <laughs> I will die on this hill. Whichever school <laughs> you belong to, whether you wear fancy robes or a dumb hat, it's which still necromancy. Which is which? Which, which is which? <laughs> you decide. All right, fair enough. So that's 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 our podcast. I hope you enjoyed yeah. our 200th episode. We Yay. just thought for some for we just thought for two hundred we'd do something interesting. We do a little. What's more interesting different. than the fact that our very own Malachi grew up in a in a cult? Thank you for talking about it, Mal. We're happy yeah. to have you in our lives, just in general. We're happy to have you on our podcast, and uh, we're happy to give you a platform to talk about traumatic childhood memories. <laughs> uh, to be clear to people listening, I I have seeked help and I have loving family and friends. So hooray! But yes, Ta-da. if you. If you yourself are in a situation where you feel like you need help or assistance, there are resources out there. There are definitely helplines. And also, do not be afraid to reach out to people, even if they are complete strangers. There are people out there that are good, and not all of them will kill you instantaneously like I'm normally afraid of. But that's okay. Not all of them are random people who live next to a Christian camp and will just be like, oh, yeah, just run that way, boy. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Just go in that direction, boy. Just, just. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But yes, I had an amazing time. Thank you for letting me do episode 200. I'll, of course, be back again. And if anyone has any questions or comments, hey, I'm on the Discord all the time at patreon.com slash conspiracies. We also have several other means to be contacted through. If you wish to send us an email about your uh, horrific childhood upbringing, I mean, like, don't get into the gory details too much, I guess, unless we want to do an episode about it. We've done that in the past. Sure, yeah, we've done that. We've absolutely done that in the past. Um, but if you just want to tell us a fun, weird story or show us your bones, not your bones, but like <laughs> the bones you own. Does that, make, does that work? Do you own your own skeleton? I think yes, but I mean the like the bones that are yours, but are not inside of you. Show me a receipt but for your do skeleton. Do you own your own skeleton? Because <laughs> capitalism, I think, dictates that you don't. I own my own skeleton and I will punch any capitalist that tries to take it from me. Do I own my own teeth? Maybe or maybe not. Who's to say? That's but yeah. Those ones I'm willing to to say that maybe capitalism has has some stake in. Yeah. The rest of my skeleton, the wet parts are mine. Oh, <laughs> I don't want to think about that. Oh, I don't like it. Your skeleton is wet right now. No, I don't like it. Oh, anyway, stop. your skeleton is very wet. You can, anyway, you can make this stop by emailing us at conspiracies at gmail.com. We also have several social media websites. We have a tweeter at C3 Podcast. We have a Facebook. Facebook.com slash Cults Critic Conspiracies and fuck Mark Zuckerberg. What the fuck? You took my thing. That's we have right. a Twitch. Twitch.tv Twitch.tv slash 3Cs Prod. That's Twitch.tv slash T-H-R-E-E-S-E-A-S-P-R-O-D. And I stream there on occasion. Yeah, yeah. Mal is pretty much the only one streaming there right now, but maybe one day. Maybe God, one maybe day. Maybe someday. <laughs> I'm blaming the general sense of ennui that the pandemic has co- given me. No, I'm 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 blaming the same thing. On we, hell yeah. yeah. Solid. Um, we also have a website. If you forgot any links to anything, 
or you just want to yell at us there or you want to access our PO box or, you know, anything like that. Send you can us Tim Tams. Head on over to our website, which does accept other things than Tim Tams. You could just send us like a letter or like type a letter. Like you don't actually have to send us anything. You could just vibe there. I don't know. It's your life. You can go to cultscryptedsconspiracies.com. Also, we need to we need to update because we need to put more animals on the Yeah, only there Stitches are, is up there right now, and there are at least three more animals. There are well, I only own two of them. Yes. Yeah. And, and we have a dog now. Oh, that's right. I forgot Midna. How could yeah. I forget Midna? I yeah. think it's because she's not here and she hasn't interrupted the podcast all episode. That's true. Yeah, she so usually true. does that, but <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, this has been a delight. Goodbye, Chelsea. Goodbye, Mal. Bye, Christina. Hi, Mal. I'm not saying goodbye to you. <laughs> Bye, ladies. Meanwhile, a well-behaved lad. Right? I've never known a well-behaved cat in my life. Egg, no. Egg wishes for nothing but solitude and coziness. That sounds so great. That's all Egg's ever wanted, is to be unbothered but very cozy. I feel that. I understand Egg on a deeply personal level. Do you hear that? But yeah. You are you're seen. <laughs> You are, you're seen. He's, he's witnessed. He's validated. Good. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.